Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show, show. And I really, really should have got some uh, echo there for that instead of just going show, show, show at the end. Welcome to Creative Writing, everybody. This is episode, does anybody know it? 178. Oh, Wiggins, right? Out of the starting gates there. I didn't know you raced moto, buddy. Um, so, hey, we got, a, we got a guest on the phone with us here tonight, too. And are you hearing yourself on the phone or are you hearing us? Uh, um, I hear you guys. Yeah. I haven't said anything yet. Okay, good. Don't say anything yet. <laughs> Psych. So you may recognize that voice on the phone with us tonight is legendary field producer. He first came to us from Bucharest, and then he came to us from Budapest, then from India, and then Mongolia, and where I don't know wherever you come to us from, but uh, you've been traveling a lot, and now you're in the good old U.S. of A., and uh, you're on the phone with us tonight, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, what happened in the last three weeks. And uh, before that, I got some notes here. I wanted to briefly say that we're brought to you by the uh, Moto One uh, Podcast Network. Thanks, everybody, from the from the Moto One uh, Network. And um, on an upcoming uh, episode of the show, we're actually going to have some affiliates from NoCo Moto on the 25th, I believe. So you guys get ready for that party that's going to happen. Uh, also, like we said in the intro, we're supported by Patreon and Bry, Paul Bry, Abernathy, Viffer, uh, I forget all your other names. You are a Patreon subscriber. How'd you like that uh, feature that I just threw up there a couple days ago? That's, well worth all the money. It was three. <laughs> right. You're so nice. It was three hours worth of unedited uh, <laughs> audio. <laughs> so I, I got through most of it today. Oh man, it, it's it's hard, right? I mean, we really do a lot of magic on this show to make stuff <laughs> sound good in the end. But uh, but yeah, so thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. Um, and also, our buddies, I wanted to mention this real quick because it's happening tomorrow. Our buddies at the Doghouse, uh, they released the episode Thursday or Wednesday, I forget. And they're giving free tickets to Moto America um, happening this weekend at, Ro- at Road America. So check it out. Go. They'll email you. You'll be able to pick up the tickets at Will Call or whatever. So go check that out right now if you, if you didn't see it on our feeds and on our Facebook page and all that great stuff. And, uh, yeah, email them. Um, you're going to have to go to their, their site and check it out because I forget their email. But, yeah, so all that. All right, guys. Now let's get down to brass tacks. What have we been up to this week? Uh, Paul, we're going to start with you. You sound like you're, you're on a uh, very expensive commuter train across uh, mid-America, right? Is that where It sounds like you're coming to us from some high-tech sort of commuting. Uh, <laughs> are you just driving? Are you in a uh, self-driving uh, car? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, just the highways and byways of Southern California. And, uh, oh, my God. Uh, just a regular commute yeah. on my way home from work now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not you're not doing that on two wheels today. And um, I was out there. I was out that way. I feel like such a jerk because I was uh, totally in your neighborhood on uh, Saturday, I guess it was, or Sunday, um, coming back from, uh, I guess maybe it was even Monday coming back from the, the weekend, I rode out there to get some, uh, letters and I was like, Oh man, I should have hit you up. I didn't think about it till I was halfway home, but what a jerk. Huh? 
Yeah, what a jerk, man. You should have been here. <laughs> no, any, anytime you want to swing by, that, that'd be cool. But yeah, it, it would have been cool to see you. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I'd see you. Last year, we got a hookup way out in Johnson Valley, and I forget if we met up somewhere else, too. That was such a fun ride. Uh, and this year, you know, I didn't really go that far because it was... Um, basically it was streets it wasn't cities so it's not like we had to go really really far away to get stuff this year so you know. that's true although although uh there was uh, i had i went down to san diego one day for uh for a couple letters and and it was a good hundred something miles round trip or so yeah for sure but for the most part you can find stuff pretty local yeah i think you and i both hit car street Did, was that down in san diego that you got that yeah, mine was down in San Diego, uh, yeah, my, almost, almost into uh, to T- out, T- south of downtown. Yeah, mine too. That's where I went. It was down there. And when I saw that you posted it, I was like, there's only one car street that I could find. And it, him, he must have went to the same one like a day later than me. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know you came all the way down there. That, that's a that's a long ass drive well, for you. You know what? I, we were staying down in San Diego for the holiday. So that's why I was oh. down there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We were going to go down there too, but we ended up finding something closer. Yeah. Jay and Ashley were about to go all the way to freaking, they were going to cross the border and do a quick <laughs> Sons of Anarchy gun run down there, but then they decided to turn around and come back. Um, so you know what? This this uh, episode, I wanted to talk about something kind of pertinent. Jay just had, she couldn't finish the last two letters of the uh, the challenge because something else happened, but like it was totally bad timing this last week. She had a tire go like cord on her. And so the first thing I wanted to talk about on this week's show was tires. And I know you're super familiar with tires because like I think combined all your bikes have about 73 million miles on them. <laughs> and um, so tire wear, I, I have a little quick note here. What is tire wear and what should it be? And I found researching on the internet that the problem is the propagation of single facts and not a broad scope of the subject like it should be. And the the one place I found was Right Apart. And on Right Apart, it said that the front, or that you should get 3,700 miles out of the front and about 1,800 out of the rear. And that is totally inaccurate. And I don't even know where they got those numbers from. That number is insane. That number is insane. That's what I do in a week and a half. You would be buying new tires every week and a half if that were true. I'd be homeless. Yeah. And and so um, I looked on some actual manufacturer sites and I looked on some forums like the Harley-Davidson forums to see what some of those guys that are, are long distance cruisers and baggers are getting. And those guys are getting like 10, between five and 15,000 miles out of their tires. And so I don't know exactly where this 37 and 18 came from. Like, that's even bad. That's like a track day tire. Yeah, that's a soft track day tire. That shouldn't be. Yeah. And I get my old Bridgestones I used to do be even better than that. So, yeah. And they were pretty well a track day tire. Right. Yeah. If that's on the road, you're running at like five PSI. If <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And those numbers were said at proper inflation. And I was like, at proper inflation, you should get well over uh, at least 5,000, even out of a soft tire. Um, even out of, I've seen some dual sport tires that are super soft for dirt and they still got 5,000 out of them. So it was just really weird. And then, so that single fact, it's kind of like when I see um, song lyrics and song lyrics are wrong, but one person posts them to like 
a popular lyric site, and then everybody goes out and scrapes them. And then when you're looking up the lyrics, you see the same incorrect lyrics over and over mm-hmm. and over. So I just kept seeing these same numbers, 3,700 and 1,800 pop up over and over and over on all these different sites that had obviously read Write Apart since it's kind of a... That's quite disappointing because Write Apart's like kind of like a go-to source. That's that's why so all these people, people yeah. scavenged from it. And so these numbers are out there triple-fold. And the only, way, the only place I didn't see them was manufacturers' websites and forums where people actually talk about the miles that they're getting on their bikes. And so the fronts do usually last longer than the rears, so that wasn't inaccurate. But you have little treadwear indicators on your bike that show you where it should be. And also, you know, the the age of your tires printed on the side, some manufacturers give a sell don't sell past date where if a tire is one or two years old like it has nothing to do with the wear but a lot of people won't buy a tire that's over five years old Mm -hmm. and some of the um i was just listening to a guy that worked at shinko the other day talk about how some manufacturers five years is the where they're assuming that the um they are saying hey five years is 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 the sell you can sell it up to that and then after that it's still good for five years on the shelf so it's interesting and uh, I know, Paul, you've got about, like we said, you've got well over 150,000 miles on probably all of your VFRs, right? Something like that? Uh, well, not, not quite that many, but uh, of the, the three I got, uh, I think yours has close to 60,000. And yep. uh, the, the other 97 that I have is, I think it just turned over 60 or 62,000. And then the old, the 94 I've got has. 260 something 268 i think right uh, so and, and if i was uh, if i was home i'd be able to go through the book and see what all the different tires had but uh yeah i've, I've gone through you know probably a good uh, 20 sets of tires on right between all the bikes and would you say 37 and 1800 is very poor <laughs> like that's not reflective of oh, uh, Although the, the funny thing is when I when I first started commuting and, and I was just, I don't know, lax or absent-minded and I, and I would go weeks without checking the tire pressure and, and I'd find out like after a month the, the tire pressures were like down below 20 PSI and, <laughs> and, and after a couple of rotations of tires, I'm thinking, why, why am I only getting, you know, so few miles out of these tires? And then once I started checking, you know, being diligent about it, checking it every week, making sure the, the tire pressures were up there, it, it, it almost doubled the life of my tire. Yeah. Oh, so I have a question because Ashley and I got into this debate. Do you fill up the tires, tire pressure according to what's on the tire or according to your bike's manual? And, and that's a good question. It also depends what you're doing. Yeah. So, for instance, I'm commuting. And I was filling it up to what the PSI stated on the sidewall. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to do what, like, the manual says or whatever. Well, you're also pretty loaded. So I would say on the high end of any recommendation. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was doing. And I had it, I I don't remember what I had it at, but she's like, that's way too high. Yeah. Yeah, I I was putting mine, um, I I go by almost the max, what, what it says on the sidewall. And, and the funny thing is for, again, for years, probably a good, almost 10 years, the gauge I was using, like, you don't want to use the gauge that's on the, the compressor, um, unless you have a really good compressor, but, um, I was using one of those old analog gauges and, and then just on a whim, I brought it into work one day and had the, the metrology group calibrate it. 
and the thing was was about reading about 10% low. So mm. if I was pumping mine up to, <laughs> sometimes I'd go right at the max if it said 44 for the rear, and and I'd put it at that according to the gauge. And I was probably running close to 50 psi in the tires mm. all the time. And and this oh, is basically right. for for straight highway commuting. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was putting about 46 because I would top it off a little bit because then when I would um, take the gauge off, you know, a little bit of air comes out. Um, but she was just like, no, it's got to be lower. No, and, and a lot of times the number on the tire is like a max cold PSI because then what happens is like during the summertime when you're riding on the freeways, uh, when I lived in San Diego, a real hot summer one time, I was, I was uh, driving my car actually, and all around me, I hear this pop. Pop, 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 pop. And it's because people's tires were so either overinflated or underinflated. And then when you drive on the freeway, it heats the air up and it expands more. And then they're sitting there in super hot air on the freeway, like in bumper to bumper traffic. And the tires expanded so much. There was, there were like three cars that popped their tires. So the, the, the number on the sidewall, I think is like a max cold. And then they'll, um, if you're commuting like you are and you're loaded, it actually, like Wigan said, it's kind of better. Like the, the upper upper limits because um, the more load you have, the, the higher pressure you want to run. Otherwise, you are right. going to bottom out. If well, you- what about front versus back? Because both the front and the rear had the same number. And so I was just doing the you same know, number. For again, both. for commuting, I would... Yeah. I would stick to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I would run them the same for commuting. Yeah. yeah. That's what I had you know what, Paul? I, it's funny because on the VFR, you know, you gave me the service manual for it and I'm reading it and I didn't realize how high the uh, stock tire pressures call for. Um, like it's like, it's like 42, 38 or something like that. And that's, yeah. that's unladen, you know, and then you put a load on that and you're, you bump it up a couple PSI. So I was like, wow, it really makes a difference how, how uh, stiff and hard every little bump on the freeway feels, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. <laughs> Last time I rode my RC, I think I was 27 in the front and 25 in the rear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they want some grip on those. Yeah. You know what's funny is, too, is a lot of people will, if they're going to the canyons, air down. But then if you ride home on the freeway, you risk cupping your tires mm-hmm. because that's kind of low. I mean, you're getting down yeah. low. Yeah. And I was, I heard a... Um, Mine were going up, uh, I think, 5 PSI on the track from sitting in the pits, too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and there's a lot... When you're racing, of course, there's so many different... Uh, different factors that go into it and the tire wear that these guys are talking about on super soft sticky tires and 1800 miles around a track that's like a couple few weekends you know what i'm saying well yeah i mean most i'm not super fast and i don't run like super super soft tires but you get like two or three good track days out of it depending on the track yeah so that would be 1800 miles would be a lot for a a track day bike but it's just it's so weird those numbers just did not make any sense to me even averaging stuff out if you had like the super sticky DOT race tires and rode on the street, you should still get a little bit over 1,800. Yeah. <laughs> that number is <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 And I want to say my old Bridgestones that were the, I believe now they're called the S20R or something like that. They were the B016s back then, and they've changed the name without changing the tire much. But um, they were something like three or four maybe about 5,000 because they had the dual compound. Yeah. So they got a little better wear than, than most on the street yeah. at the time. Now everyone has that. but <laughs> Right. And you know, um, uh, there's a gentleman from uh, Dunlop that uh, gave like a little TED Talk sort of thing on tires and he was saying 
nowadays tires are made of different compounds. Everything, you know, even stock street tires are made of different compounds, um, and they're so good that they put a harder, they put a longer lasting compound there in the middle, and even pumped up to super high. Because he, he was talking about how people drop it for the canyons, you know, to get that grip. But he's like, you know what? The thing is, is that you want it to be pumped up because you want the surface area to be contacting the road and when it's aired down is when you start to get cupping because then certain parts are starting so you always kind of want them to be up you don't unless you know what you're doing and unless you're on like a racetrack with race tires you probably don't want you know it's not necessary with today's tires to air them down and uh yeah it's it's pretty funny um, how long have you? How long do you guys usually run your tires? Because how old was that tire that you uh, had? It was that co- tire was well, I got because I switched out tires because they the, the bike came with Pirellis, mm-hmm. but those Pirellis were like ten years old. Mm-hmm. And were they still uh, in good condition? Th- they were still in good. I was gonna keep riding them, and mm-hmm. Ashley was like, "You need to take those off. They're ten. She like swear. She's like very See? by the book. She's like, no. take <laughs> them off. That you're gonna die. They're gonna explode. It really all <laughs> depends on how they were stored. Yep, they um, were stored inside. Very little mileage on them, and they were in great condition. The only mm. thing was they weren't really good for commuting because, soft, I, especially, and it tire. started it started raining and stuff, and okay. it started slipping, which is why I switched over to the Road Fives, and then so I did that like a month into owning the bike. So I, those were about six months. No kidding. Those tires fourteen thousand miles. Oh, I'm, but that's a pretty good fourteen thousand is a pretty good like yeah. toward the yeah, upper I end of what people get. Yeah, I the shit out of yeah. those tires. And so they were recording, and you showed me a picture of them, and I was like, dude. I would I would only ride that if I were getting out of like Mogadishu and that was the only tire I <laughs> and had. You know, and it was like special. I'm stupid because you know what I kept doing because uh, I kept you know I do since I ride so much I'm always checking my bike you know before I ride for the day and all I would always look at the tires but I was looking at the marker on the side and I was like oh I have have plenty of life I wasn't paying attention to the, the center center yeah and you ride a lot of freeways so yeah that, yeah that's what but then the last few weeks I started paying more attention to the center because I could tell it was getting flat like. Mm-hmm. Is getting a flat spot, which is you know yeah. typical of a commuter bike because yep. I'm not getting curves. Yep. And uh, so I, the last two weeks before it went to cords, I could tell that it was like getting really smooth in that area. Mm-hmm. And then I had checked it like two days prior, and no cords were showing. And then that night, it was just like corded all yep. the way around. I was like, damn. You went from race slick <laughs> to. Uh crazy you know i'm just glad that i have been paying attention to it because we were planning on going out to like san diego and Pal- we were going to go to palmdale and do like a bunch of miles and i was like ah nah you know yeah hey paul how often do you change the tires on your bikes do you go by year or do you go by tread wear or feel or how do you do it uh it's it's definitely mileage i, I don't think i've ever changed them based on age um, I, even in the last couple of years when I haven't been commuting as much, uh, it's, um, you know, it's still always the mileage. Like even the, I think the oldest one I have is on the, my 94 right now. And it's, it's starting to get squared off pretty good. And I, and when, when Jay mentioned, uh, the cords, I actually, I think I, I, I hardly ever let them get down that low, but, but when I parked it last time, I thought there was one part where, where you could just barely start to see, um, some of the cord show through so i actually i'm I'm almost home now i'm gonna run out and (laughs) and uh and check that tire but i i'll get um on a good um hard compound tire i'll i've i've gotten high mileage before i think over fifteen thousand. um and depending on um 
if I'm really good about checking the tire pressure and, and if it's not always highway and, uh, you know, it's not always straight down the middle, but, but, um, when it's a lot of highway miles that they'll get squared off so bad. I mean, the tires practically have shoulders on them. And, yeah, and, that's right. what mine were starting to look. There's pretty. Uh, yeah, and when and when <laughs> and the worst is when when you're on the highway and you you cross over uh, like you know what are they called the um, the, the little the divider bump things. The bots, yeah, the bots mean, dots. It, it, I learned that from Paul. The speed bump <laughs> things. The bots dots, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, they would really throw your bike side to side. Yeah, that's how I could tell I wanted to keep an eye on my tires because I started to get, like, some sketchiness every time I would, like, merge into a lane and go over those bumps. And I was like, okay, my alignment was fine, the chain was fine, and then I was like, okay, I think this tire is probably soon getting ready to be retired. Yep. And when you, uh-huh, when you retired, <laughs> oh, I just got that. You're going to be such a good dad someday. Um, yeah, when I – you start to – you really start start to notice it i like i've only changed i've had spamla for a long time and i've only gone through like three sets of tires uh mostly the the very first set i went through uh squared them off and so then you can you know going through corners it feels like you're riding on this little edge and there's mm-hmm. no longer a transition you're yep. either flat or you click over it's yep. really sketchy feeling and so that's no good and then the second pair of tires um i forget what they were they were um i have kendas on now and i think the other ones were like bridgestone or something like that but they actually kind of got hard they started to feel hard and waxy after a few years Mm -hmm. and so the ones on there now are actually pretty old they're probably like seven years old or eight years old and they still feel soft and they still feel i don't commute on it like i don't really ride i haven't probably ridden ten thousand miles um well in seven years yes i have but i've got she's so light and i always keep them inflated you know what i'm saying and i always check the tread wear indicator and so it's just one of those things where i feel like it's um it really is they're still good and they'll probably be good for another couple years you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and i've been riding with wiggins it's easy for me to lock it up <laughs> and they're not the you know that they, they're not the best stoppers but they are kendas uh but they they're you can push them in they're not hard you know none of that crazy stuff paul's over there assaulting it sounds like you're beating someone up are, is everything okay are you a lift driver <laughs> in secret <laughs> sounds like you got a car full of people over there bud um but uh yeah so she the tires it's a good good idea to check the tread wear indicators always just to see where you're at and then it's also a good idea to look at the date and it doesn't always go by year it definitely goes by mileage and and based on what that guy said um sometimes and pay attention to like how it feels when you're riding because ashley had that issue where she started getting cupping like and Mm -hmm. i've had times like that on on the harleys where i just kind of was like uh like I was ignoring it and mm-hmm. then you know I had like I got a flat tire thankfully it didn't blow out but just pay attention to how it feels cuz it's usually an indicator that something's yeah. going on. Well, Paul like you said I was I would not check except for like once a month maybe and once every two months and then it's like I'd ride up a I'd ride up into the driveway and it felt like I was riding over a dang 2 by 4 or something because the tires coming all the way almost to the rim you know what i'm saying i was like oh dang that mm. feels like so i check it and i had like 10 psi in it you know what i'm saying so i started checking yeah. it at least once a week and definitely during the mpc for sure like i always made sure i checked like every few days because the a couple pair you know the the first pair of tires i had on spamla cupped 
super bad and I'd be driving down the street and it was just like yeah. and it's like what the heck and it's because I was running them at such a crummy PSI and, yeah. and on the freeway it doesn't take very long at all to, yeah. to cut I know on. I learned that lesson on the Harley because on the Harley I would just ignore so much because yeah. of all the vibration I'm like oh it's just the Harley but you know I went through tires faster than I should have because I wasn't staying on top of it so now with the banana I'm much better about trying to stay on top of everything yeah pay attention and on the side of your tires, there is a number, and it's uh, it's the week and the year that your tire was made. And like Ash is telling you, those things are ten years old. It's kind of irrelevant. It's how many miles are on them and how well they were stored. Yeah. As long as there's no cracking. Yeah, there wasn't any cracking. Right, they looked fine. I mean, and they were riding fine until. Um, like weather hit yeah. and then you can tell I mean I store my tires. bikes in the garage the tires are always out of the sun there's no UV damage they're always out of the elements so they don't keep getting hot and cold and hot and cold outside and so they're pretty good you know what I'm saying and, and they've been very good like Spamela is like I said seven or eight years on those tires and uh, if what the guy I've heard two different people say that the the manufacturers usually say sell by five years, you know, a five-year date on it. And if it's one or two years old, they consider that still very, very fresh. It's not like they whip them out of the conveyor belt and throw them. They might sit around a warehouse for two years. So yeah. they don't even go out to the showroom floor sometimes till they're five years old. And then they're like, okay, now it's a sell-by date because then you need to get it to somebody that's going to use it within the next five years. So they're already like 10 years old sometimes when they right. get put. So a lot and they of, have like regulations and stipulations that they have to as for liability. So that's probably mm-hmm. why it's a little bit more mm-hmm. stringent. And if you're really worried about it, I mean, tire, just like everything, like motor oil, you know, who knows how long that sits on the shelf. If it really does go bad after three months, whether you're not – whether or not you ride, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what does that say about it sitting on the shelf for two years before somebody buys it? Like yeah. it really, it's one of those weird things that kind of doesn't make sense. It's kind of like, are they trying to sell me something here? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Do any tips on doing tire changes at home? Cause I'm thinking of just like getting a machine, but I want to know if there was like a method or a way that would make it easier for me. So on not- 17s. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I mean like I'll change them on my flat track bike all the time, but they're just 17s are just a stiffer they're a shorter sidewall <clears throat> stiffer casing um and i'm comparing it to like dirt bike tires and flat track tires mm-hmm. they're yeah. and they they lock onto the bead harder they're just so they're night and they're heavy. narrower especially the front they're super super hard yeah okay um, paul you take yours to get them done or you do them at home i've been a, a fan of cycle gear i'll take them off the the bike and then just bring them down to cycle oh, gear cycle and gear if you buy the tires here it's not, like 24 not hours or something though what was that it I, takes I don't know like 24 hours do it. oh okay i had never heard of that that's news to me i mean the, the, we're down the street from del Lamo, so it's not they're yeah. not super expensive is it a 24 hour turnaround paul or they do it the same day um they'll tell you 24 hours but a lot of times if you get there early in the morning um, yeah. they'll say yeah well you know and if they're not busy they'll you know and they if they have someone they can get right on it and uh it's never been so good where you can hang around and wait but you know a few hours do you know how much they charge to do that they're cheap uh, yeah i think i think it's 50 bucks for the set if you oh, okay. if you buy the tires there not bad that's not bad yeah, I and I've done them all. All of the one, all every one of Spamla's I've changed myself, and I can tell you, it is not 
fun. Like dirt bike tires are a little bit more dirt bike tires are made to just spoon on and off because mm-hmm. you're out there in the wilderness. But street bike tires are just like Wig said, they're super stiff. There's even some mountain bike tires that are yeah. a pain in the ass yeah, to stick on. Said she did because she took hers to Lucky Wheels and she said like even she had one of the guys help her out and even they were struggling yeah. together. It takes a special bead breaker to get it off and then you have to press it down and, and you'll see some guys that have these machines that make it look so easy and it's yeah. just like smashing with thousands of thousands of pounds of force uh pushing the bead off the other side and it looks so easy and then you try to do it with mm-hmm. like uh 180 uh pound manpower yeah and i know i seen a video a guy did it in like five minutes i was like oh i can do that at home yeah. well you know what and there's a lot of crazy videos on youtube of people using zip ties because there's one way where you can use zip ties or something to squish it together and squish the beads so hard together that your tire goes through and then you slice the zip ties and it pops out like Mm. there's several different ways to defeat the bead but the bead is basically i mean it's one of the most important parts and the sidewall of a motorcycle tire one of the most important parts so they make it the strongest and it's hard as hell it's probably well worth the 50 bucks i'm thinking you know. What about tubeless versus tube? Because mine are tubeless. Does that make any difference? It makes them harder to get off the bead. Yeah, okay. usually. Yeah, I was gonna say usually <laughs> seats harder. It less and less. Like I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have tubeless, I would definitely take it somewhere that has a wheel machine, mm-hmm. or like Paul said, and you know, Chris said, go to go to well, plus, Alamo. Plus, they balance it too. Right. Right. Yeah. You. Yeah. That's another thing is that you don't want to like go through all that. Sp- sp- Dress and and uh, sweat. Trust me, dude. Spamla, like hey, e- even that is hard. Pro tip: I've balanced a wheel like twice. Yeah. <laughs> once your wheel, most tires are really well balanced. Yeah. So once your wheel is balanced, you should never have a problem again. Yeah. yeah. Ashley was having issues with hers, and I guess one of the magnets had fallen off. And yeah, so she had that to could get be. One. Yeah. You know what? Too, we talked about and this. Spokes are where I'm also used to mags. Spokes yeah. are worse for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about this before too, where uh, there's a dot where your tire's balanced to be for the valve mm-hmm. stem, where they make that the uh, lightest part or the heaviest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they make that the lightest part because then it, it sits right. directly opposite of the weights and everything where your valve is. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, and definitely it could be tricky if you uh, have never done it before and it's a pain in the ass like you I watch guys spooning on motocross bikes and I was like I wish like street bikes were that easy just like those tires are a lot easier and here's the thing too when was the last time you put tires on six months ago Mm -hmm. if you put tires on every six months you're never gonna get good at it those dudes that you see do it even with the tire machine because I've done it a lot with a tire machine but every time it's usually a pain in the ass because I don't do it all the time yeah those dudes that change dirt bike tires with two levers and it, or I know a dude that's done it by hand, like with nothing. Dang. He had big monster hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, yeah, they just, they do it all the time. Yeah. Like I worked at a bicycle shop and I could change a bicycle tire. Like I'd be on rides and people get flats and I'd try not to help people. Cause I'm like, you're not fucking paying me to change your flat. Yeah. But I get annoyed because it took him so long. But I was like that when I rode a bicycle. I got good at changing tires because I was doing it so frequently. Yeah. I could yeah. just do it. <laughs> so that's well, like, yeah, when you don't work- be fooled by the dudes on videos like busting ass changing oh. tires in five minutes. Yeah. Those guys work at the pits. Well, I've yeah. learned like, any they, type they of change video it, regarding you know. motorcycles. I don't trust <laughs> an application to real life because there's always something behind it. Yeah. I'm not saying that. It's just, you know, you're like, oh, it looks so easy. And you're like, yeah, they've. You know, 
they've done it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Paul, last time I, I saw you change a wheel on your last VFR, you just, you grabbed it. You grabbed the, uh, the, you know, just inside the rotor and you just peeled it off like it was a banana peel. I got to know your secret. Yeah. With the VFR, you don't have to take it off, right? Just yeah. <laughs> the, take, take the wheel off. Just, you just pull the tire off the rim. Yeah. Oh yeah. Single sided swinger. Yeah. Single sided makes it nice. super easy. Yeah. You guys want to know, so if you have a gold wing and change a tire, the easiest way to do it is lay the bike over in the crash bars. <laughs> yeah. <you're- laughs> Even on the center stand, you can't get to the wheel. Like the only way to do it, it's lay the bike over because it's a single sided swing arm since 2000. Mm. So it's so much easier. And then you really want to mind fuck a lot of uh, gold wing people, red car tires. What? The dark side. I was going to tell yeah, you, Jay, the, I would yeah. dark side if I was you, man. I don't know. As you, you commute. That's when they run a car tire. They call uh, it the dark side. Yeah. Don't be sketched out by it. I've ridden a gold wing with it. It's noticeable, but it's not sketchy. I've ridden, yeah. Aren't car tires generally bigger or they they're, they fit the same size? Dude, car tires, like I don't 16, know. 17, 15, 16, and 17 are pretty common car tire sizes. Yeah. What would and, be the benefits? To- hey. Who's the, getting the text? <laughs> the, um, they wear. They just last a lot longer. Mm. And they're already flat. So what you do, you run. My dad could explain all this. He runs it on his gold wing. And he was super skept- skeptical. Um, and he's a guy that, like, he really rides it, too. Like, he's, you know, there's a lot of different gold wing riders. And there's a few, like, nut jobs that drag everything. And he's one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much anymore. On his old 1800, he was real bad about it. But... I've ridden it too, and they're they're not as bad as you think. Like yeah. you'd think you would just lean a little bit, and you'd get to that corner, and it'd be all fucked up. You run. He runs run flat tires, so you run like a run flat, and then there's something with like the sidewall, and it flexes differently. Hmm. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Car tires definitely don't have the stiffness of motorcycle tires, but I want to know why car tires are half the price of motorcycle tires but they get 50,000 miles to the uh, you know what I'm saying they don't lean <laughs> well, and they're not round they're not you know rounded Beaked, yeah yeah why do they have to charge us so much um, we're coming up on a break here in a couple minutes but um, yeah we're gonna stick around after the break and we're gonna get into some more stuff but uh, Paul uh, quick quick aside before we go to commercial here um, how much how much do I owe you for the tires it's still got uh I don't know how many miles I put on these babies, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I owe you well, at least a set of tires when I when I return I, this thing. I, I don't know if I can charge it because that that rear still got a, a finish nail that's been sticking in it since I gave it to you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? That thing has had zero issues. But I was thinking about that on this year's MPC challenge. I was like, what if I got stuck out here? Because I knew it had that in it, and I was like, what if it decided to fly out out here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> And like Paul's not, I'm not going to call Paul. Hey, come pick me up in your, you know, on your bike. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I decided then and there that when I got home, I should join the AMA just in case yep. because of what happened to Jay yes, as well. I am a member of the AMA, yeah. so we u- utilize the, the towing package yeah. that so, night. So we're going to break here really quick. We'll be right back and we will talk about the AMA, the MPC and tires and all that great stuff. Paul, stick around. You bet. We'll be right back. Flats from Flats Tires, reminding you to 
come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires, they're round, they're made of rubber, and we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right, come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First, down in Epperton. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubbins, the only pickle for motorcyclists. Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Nerissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking. Oh, Narissa, you never saw me before. <laughs> Actually, she has, but she was nice enough to lie about being good looking. Anyways, our patrons are all extremely handsome and beautiful people. And thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, buy a club and pickle if you get a chance and go to get a, what was the first ad? A, a tire company or something? Yep. Yeah. Get your tire all right. Get your tire changed. And we, we know all about that. Um, and like I said, right after the right after the MPC happened this year, I was like, man, what an idiot. I should go out and uh, sign up for AMA right away just because I know this tire has a nail in it. And uh, I'm probably going to owe Paul some tires after this anyway. But uh, you did. Paul, you're there. You got, you got a chance to look at how many tire changes you've done over the centuries there with your bikes. Yeah, and it, it, uh, it's been a bunch. I, I, I won't ramble them off. And I've tried every different kind of the Pirellis and and uh Dunlops and Bridgestone and everything and and it and it varied I've um with the softer stuff I've gone down as low as 5000 and up above 15 16000 on on a few sets um I've had a it looks like I had uh three punctures in the in the rear tire um and I had one uh, one bad blowout on both when I um I hit something in the road um Shit. And, uh, um, but aside from that, it's, it's been a, a lot of, a lot of tire changes over the years. <laughs> right. What would you suggest as the best commuter tire? Suggestion for what? Best commuter tire. Best tire for commuting. Uh, yeah, cause you, uh, what, you commute at least 70 miles one way, right? I mean, uh, you- now, well now, yeah, now it's about 60, um, each way. Um, yeah. I just go with whatever's on sale. Um, you know, the, you get more bang for your buck when you, when you find a cheaper tire than trying to squeeze an extra, you know, thousand miles out of, out of a, a longer lasting, more expensive tire. Mm. Yeah, so that's, just what that's it, true. You know, a thousand miles is a thousand, you know, that's a, that goes by super fast. So yeah, you're right. Yep. That's a good, and you know, I have to say the Bridgestones that are on the, this VFR are really pretty amazing. I have never had anything go wrong with them so far. They feel really comfy. It's not like I've taken, uh, I haven't taken it up to the twisties and uh, wrung it out because I'm not that type of borrower. 
<laughs> I agree with Liza. Only borrow, uh, ride someone's bike like you can pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to cartwheel this thing. I did actually, though, this is weird. During the MPC, we, you know, we've been talking. We, we went down to San Diego a bunch. We went down to, I went out to Cabazon. Um, and this is the first year, I have to say, we got the weirdest weather this year. It oh rained. Yeah. The weather was up and down and sideways. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, get, it was crazy. Yeah, right? I went out to Cabazon and it poured going out there. And I couldn't believe it. And that's really, I, I don't usually ride in the rain. And I'm not like one of those guys that won't ride in rain. But it's the first time I've ridden in that heavy. We've had just incredibly heavy rain this year. And, and that was the first time I rode in like super, super duper heavy stuff. Hey, yeah, dog. I'm glad because my, when my bike broke down, we were headed out to Chino, I think. And we just for, hit this for patch. Gun Avenue? I believe so. Oh, man. I got uh, that out there. We hit this patch of just torrential rain and fog for like 15 minutes and so we were i was like cruising through it and it was just downpouring and thankfully the bike started having issues the minute i pulled off of the highway and i was so glad because it was man it was pouring on the freeway and the visibility was crap and uh then when we pulled off the freeway i just got into this little uh bubble where there wasn't really much rain I was just barely sprinkling, so yeah. And you know what I wanted to say too this year is that um, I know I know it's been crazy for people uh, in in the middle of the country. I know Sing Simon, all those guys. I don't think they actually started racing at WIR yet because uh, from what I've seen, half of the Midwest is underwater mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. And uh, there's some tracks. They sent me pictures, or they posted some pictures on their Facebook page of some tracks that are literally. Uh, up to like the second row of bleachers underwater because oh. the old Mississippi decided, hey, it's time to uh, overflow. Um, but this year was Sing Slime and Narissa up there in Wisconsin got a bunch of stuff this year, and uh, we actually finished second. I I know if you subscribe to our Facebook page, you already oh, know. What? It was a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, we finished second. Oh. Can you see it up Woo-hoo, there on the screen? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So this would have been first if I wouldn't have broken down and had kittens. Y- that you I had know to what? <laughs> it, and it was it was a challenge. I I went out the first two weeks. And got the most ridiculous names I could possibly find. Started with you know the the longest, most incredibly stupid names that I could find. And I'll tell you what, my first week score was two hundred and ninety-four. My second week score was two hundred and fifty. And then on week three, I decided, hey, we're almost going to win this. I better I better kick some ass. And I went out and got a forty-eight. <laughs> and so the funny thing is, I still beat. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, nine people, uh, even getting ridiculously stupid scores. Well, I think all of those numbers, 450, it looks like they just didn't do anything. Yeah. Cause I assume that flat. that's 75 yeah. times six yeah. each week. So yeah, there was a few people that didn't ride. It looks like Brian Honeycutt, who was last year, he did like an iron butt. Uh, he competed the first year, and then I think he had a, he went on vacation or something, so uh, he was out. But he scored pretty pretty decently the first week, and I was hoping that he would be our mile man. But it turns out, uh, Paul, you're right up there. You are you came in eleventh place. Mm-hmm. Um, you were our first on the individual listener board. You were the first uh, first place for creative writing. And your scores, yeah, your commuter, yeah, man, yeah, I know. Ashley, we were doing the numbers, and Ashley was like, she was forty miles behind his. If our if our mileage from week one would have counted, she yeah. was forty miles behind Paul's. And you know what? I really, 
they they have a post they have a post uh, challenge roundtable every year, and they usually ask the hosts and some of the writers what they thought. My suggestion for next year is going to be, you know what? It's kind of like getting in line at the grocery store. Just because we all didn't get in line at once uh, doesn't mean that you don't eventually get in line and check out. And my suggestion for next year would be. Um, maybe it's because it's harder for the admin. That's the wind, I think. Maybe it's harder for the admin, but my suggestion would be to um, just have the mileage start counting from whenever you submit it. You know what I mean? Because to wait a whole week was a big, big mm-hmm. penalty. And what had happened was the week before, everybody's heard it by now, the week before um, something happened, my webpage updated and my uh, Facebook account is linked to it. And there was like a site lockout. So I got locked out of my Facebook page because all this other stuff happened right when we were podcasting mm-hmm. and I was went to submit, mm-hmm. right? So to punish, and, and a few people missed the cutoff. Mm-hmm. And so to punish them for three weeks for like a couple, for ours, it was literally like a couple minutes. It was like mm-hmm. 10 or 15 minutes that it, I yeah, couldn't I get thought through. That, I thought that was a silly penalty. Like you said, you're already penalized by, by going late. So it just means you're going to have fewer miles to report. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that should be penalty enough, but to, to get, uh, Nick's the whole week was kind of a bummer. Yeah, and I, uh, and there was a loophole that if you changed bikes, you could you you just had to post it to the page and then tell the admin, and they would you know. So ch- I think the technicality there was that you could have changed bikes, but some of those people didn't have two bikes. You know what I'm saying? And so most people don't. And so that was kind of a loophole that you could do it. But I think to make it fair for everybody, it should just be. You should, should submit it, and the metadata is on your photo, so they know you're not submitting a photo from three months ago saying, hey, you know, and then you have all this magical mileage that's there. Or take a picture of a, um, a newspaper or something next to your odometer, something simple that would say, hey, this is the date that it started. Yeah, all you kidnappers and ransomers know how to do that. Yeah, for sure. Where do you find newspapers at? <laughs> I got a whole stack of them. I got a whole stack of them back there, and I keep them by the you date. Print them out. Yeah, but if you need one for a date, though, you got to find a new one. That should be part of the flash challenge. You go to a, a store and you find a printed newspaper. <laughs> but you know, so that was that was a bummer, and I'm sorry. I apologize to Jay. I've never had to submit for people before in the past. Most everybody. Just does it and on their thing. They need to not do it on Facebook. Like there needs to be more accessibility somehow. Yeah, the problem with the problem with everything else is that Facebook is one of the only places where you can put links. You can do a live streaming video, and like a bunch of people can comment on. It's just it's it's a lot easier than Instagram. For some reason, just the things work out better to where it posts it to one page. Where Instagram, you'd have to go to each person's individual you feed. Can, or, you can set up a forum. I mean, forums aren't that difficult to set up, really. Can you do that on Instagram? I don't, not on Instagram. Yeah. You just do it on a website. You can get a website pre-made forums. Or just yeah. ready, you can put pictures. And I mean, you, you know, they videos. have they have this whole website devoted. But then you have to give everybody access to write to it and stuff like that. It, I mean, it, I, I see where. Facebook well, super convenient. All you gotta do is just sign up, put in your username. It's less you're, sketchy than you're, Facebook. You're just you just don't like Cambridge Analytica stealing <laughs> your data. You know, Facebook owns Instagram. They steal it through there. That's true. <laughs> so, that is true. But um, some of the highlights for me was we you know we had Jay go down. Jay's sh- shifter broke, and we'll talk about that in a second. But um, Chad Clink, man, he was uh, riding balls out there for a while. Literally, he has these two balls that he uh, puts on puts on the outside of his uh, tank when he rides. But he uh, had his Ducati go down because like moisture got into the coils or something like that, and it like fried his whole 
whole um, fried his whole ignition system, and so he had to get like a whole new ignition system, ignition system on his hyper motard or his multistrata, whatever he, whatever he has. And so yeah, he was that sucked for him. Jay went down. Mm. Um, Spamela didn't go down, but I just quit riding her. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it wasn't Narissa Nurse's. Oh yeah, Narissa's motorcycle was down but for the first week. Did pretty good. On Narissa the just got a brand new motorcycle. I know, and it was down. It was a Harley, though. What do you expect? So, <laughs> she can just go pick up another one. <laughs> I know. She works there. She, you know, when you're a chef, sometimes you don't get free biscuits from the kitchen, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, Paul, did you have any any sort of weird things happening, or were you pretty good? Yeah, no, I, I did. I was bummed. But after the first week, um, uh, the I noticed the fork seals on the, the front of my VMAX um, were leaking. So that one was down, although um, I was able to get them off. And there's a, a local mechanic that um, that I like. So I brought him over to his place. And um, he's a dirt bike guy. And um, so he usually doesn't work on street bikes. But I, I begged him, I said, if I just bring the forks and, and not the whole bike and he said he'd do it for me because uh, I, I don't like doing the um, the forks. Right. Yeah, forks um, for a pain yeah, in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you gotta you gotta first of all to to drain them, you need a um, there's that bolt underneath yep. it. You have to get an impact gun on, and yep. and when I looked at mine, the the um, the uh, the Allen head on the bolt was was yep. practically stripped, and look, yep. luckily he was Yikes. able to get it off. That sucks. Um, but I I did get uh, the forks back and I was able to get them back on the VMAX and and I got a few more miles on it before the end of the um, challenge. Um, but for the most part, it was it was out for like the almost a full two weeks. Man, did you have to resort to one of the uh, inferior VFRs? <laughs> I, I would never use the word inferior in the same <laughs> sentence as VFR. Me neither, but you were, you're, it sounds like you were just bummed about having six other bikes to ride besides the VMAX. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the VMAX. Yeah. No, I mean, how does that, how does that V4 look with no uh, front forks on it, by the way? Probably pretty, pretty trippy, I would imagine. Well, probably looks the like VMAX, a it, it, <laughs> it, the funny thing is the VFR, when you, um, when you take the wheels off of that, um, it looks like uh, those from from uh, was it the Empire Strikes Back? With oh, those, the speeder bikes. Yeah. yeah, you take the the wheels off. You know, if you got it on the the center stand, and then put a, uh, a front end stand on it and take the wheels off, it the thing looks just like that. It's funny. And the V Max just looks. Doesn't it look like? I mean, you have the. F- Second gen, right? Second gen V Max. No, no, no. It's a, it's the first gen. It's a, it's a two thousand. I'm, I'm not crazy about the looks on the, on the second gen. I, oh, I like really? The first gen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like the whatever it is now, the fourth gen or whatever. I, uh, the big, <laughs> stout, crazy, angular. It's kind of like a Ford Mustang. You know, you got the ones from the eighties, which look really bitch in the Fox bodies, and then you got. The, the- you got like the, the, the- 90, 93 to ninety sixes that are kind of like looks like I don't know. They kind of look round, like pills, sort of like a Taurus with the spoiler on it. And then you got like, they went more angular, and then they went crazy angular, and then they went retro. So I think the VMAX, I just, I like, I don't like, I'm with you. I don't really like the, uh, like the middle gens. I, I like this la- this latest gen, though. It's like real angular and beefy looking. Well, the the cool thing about the the new one is the, the front scoops, or the, the side scoops, oh, or whatever yeah. they call them. They're they, real they, scoops. They are, yeah. yeah, they're real air scoops. They're, they're functional. That was the biggest... I don't complaint about the original one is that 
you know, they're there, they look cool, but, but they don't do anything. Yeah. All the way until this last, uh, iteration, it was that, that was the case. Yep. They just were yep. <laughs> plastic, you know, making a parallel to the Mustang. So were those little door scoops on the Mustangs. There, there was little That's... like grills right back there. It looked like they were for brake ducting and those were just plastic, uh, hunks of junk that you could snap out and put some yep. real ducting in. So yeah, same sort of thing. Um, yeah, those, uh, air boxes or those Ram air looking things might as well have been like toolboxes, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't actually know what was underneath them, but so those weren't functional, uh, just those electronics. Pieces? Oh, wow. Yeah. It just was like a cover. Yeah. Just a big cover out there. Well, you know, a lot of motorcycles do that. Even nowadays they have a big old covers over the fuel tank, the fuel tank, like even on the, um, like the Ninja, like 650 and the 300s, the tank and the, I was just looking at a Yamaha XT. The bike looks cool, but the tank is just this little black piece of junk. And yeah. then the co- the plastic covers over it well, or what makes it look Ashley's like cool. Ashley's bobber does the same stuff and it's so irritating. So like her, where her battery box is, there's this like decorative cover that has a like, it's supposed to like look like it's opening in the middle, like a clamshell or like right. a treasure box or something, and it has a bolt in it, and you have to undo the bolt. But then it's not really bolted to anything else. Yeah, it's just for looks. Yeah, like, I got so you. Dumb. What's underneath it? The battery. Yeah. But it's just like a flourish. It's just yeah. Well, you know, yeah. They just don't want to have battery hanging out there. And, and but it's funny because they call it a bobber. So aren't bobbers? <laughs> you know, you're supposed to minimize the parts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, as far as the MPC goes, I want to congratulate Loud Pipes. Uh, I was hoping to see somebody new on their Loud Pipes and Throttle. have been going back and forth for like the last, this is the fourth year of it. And I think those two have been on there a hundred times. Where are they out of? Loud Pipes. They're out of Charlotte. Okay. Um, Charlotte, uh, Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> North, is that North Carolina? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. In West Virginia. And then Rico, dude, that guy is from, he's from Puerto Rico or Guatemala. I don't know where he hides out, but he, he, he Skypes in because he's all over the world and he only stops in the States. He's like secret agent squirrel. So, <laughs> but creative writing, man, first time we were up here last year, we God, last year we got, um, I don't want to say bamboozled, but last year was all the burrows and thoroughfares and county court. You know what I'm saying? Like last year was just a mess of all the names and the way that it worked out. And I'm really glad that when they went with streets this year, they decided to like, we don't count Avenue. We don't count way. We don't count Boulevard because then everyone's going to go looking for boulevards and stuff. And they did lowest score. So that stuff would be, you know, awful anyway. So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad they did both things. Um, I really would have liked to get some more miles and the fact that I didn't ride further meant that our listeners got a, a crummy reward in the end there. <laughs> did, you end up, did you end up taking the mileage reward, or you, did you end up knocking off some letters for uh, the last part of that flash challenge? Paul. I, had to, I had to take a, a letter because I took the, the mystery ball challenge. Oh, and, and Yeah, with the letter X, it totally screwed me. So in the third <laughs> week, I had to drop that just to bring myself back into contention. Right. Uh, yeah, they, that was the chance is that you could have got hosed, and uh, sounds like you did. <laughs> so, Larry, yeah, I forget, you, I forget I'd roll the dice. Where'd you guys find the uh, coin operated uh, ride at? Because we were having a, the hardest time trying to find something, and then we were going to get a street name, and we had just left my cousin's house because we went to have dinner over at her place. And then there was like a Mexican meat market that we passed, yeah. and I was just, I, and I was like, uh, I couldn't have time to like 
press over on the headset to motion to Ashley. So I'm like honking my horn and like making all these motions <laughs> she thinks at you're her. crashing. And her pipes are so loud. Yeah. Like she couldn't even hear my horn. And I was just like, and then finally I switched over and I was like, there's one over there. Where did you get, where did you get yours, Paul? Did you go, uh, do that challenge or did you do something else? Yeah, no, I, I got it. It was, there was one actually right in town. It was uh, right at the supermarket down the road. They had, uh, a horse and like a horsey and a and a carousel thing. So oh, I just nice. and it was right in front of the store. I just pulled my bike right in front of it. Yeah, I was down in San Diego and I was looking all over for them because there used to be a dime a dozen. You would go to the mm-hmm. they would be out front of like the local TGNY or whatever the crummy little you know dollar store was. But nowadays those things are hard to find. And I happened to be. Um, a few miles from a place that has a bunch of them inside. Mm. And the thing was, they weren't coin op. They're like, all they take cards right. now. <laughs> it's That's like they- what we were trying. We were like, are we going to get penalized? Because yeah. we've seen some at like the pier in Long Beach. Oh, yeah, there you I go. I was like, oh, but they might not be coin operated. But I was like, but nothing said they would penalize us for yeah. it. But I didn't want to take the chance. Well, you know what? I, w- I was down in San Diego and I look up coin op kitty rides. I just Googled that and there's a a warehouse up in Van Nuys that mm-hmm. just has like, that's all they do is coin up. It's a, they collected all the old mm-hmm. ones and they have them in there. So you can go right. It's like an arcade, but of those things. Yep. So you can go right. them. And I was like, dude, and here I am down in San Diego <laughs> and the flash challenge is going to be over before I get back home. So yeah, I had to go scrounging around for one, but yeah, you used to see those things out in front of the grocery stores, barber shops, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a stretch to get one. So I want to congratulate you again, Paul, because I think you last year were our top mileage rider. You and Singsime were really slugging it out last year. And yeah, I think I think Chris got more than me last year, but uh, uh, yeah, he was up there. But yeah, it, it was it was fun. I was lucky. I was able to get some commuting miles in there to um, to bolster my numbers a little bit. I, I wish I could have gone out and. And ride some more. I didn't have as much free time as I wanted, but yeah, but it was still a lot of fun, especially the flash challenges. Yeah. She she comes up with the best ideas mm-hmm. for those. I know. And last year we got hosed by the thank thank a service mm-hmm. uh, veteran because like all of us got stiffed on that mm-hmm. one. Um, yep. But you know, yeah, I I feel like having city names really got out, and we rode like tons last year. Like, oh gosh, we put like twenty seven hundred miles. Mm-hmm. I had to do an oil change. On the bike, you, you gave it to me with like, you know, a thousand miles to go and I did it and then I did another oil change after because it was like we rode so many miles last year because we were going to different towns, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so I feel like if I would have got out and hustled a little bit harder this year, I could have done the same, but I really, I only put 700 miles on the bike. <laughs> this is pretty pathetic. But so Paul came in in 11th place, which is the first uh, entry for creative writing, um, bunch of throttled and girl on a moto people up there in the top. So I was really surprised girl on a moto had a lot of riders and a lot of them are up there in the top spots. She's done like two shows since last year's challenge. Who? Girl, girl on a moto. moto. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then, but somehow she gets all these people to ride. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so power to her. I'm just Paul. And then Jay, Ashley, your uh, your better half, I might add, came in <laughs> in fifteenth spot, which is a uh, four behind Paul, and then below her was Narissa at eighteenth, then Nikki in twenty first, and then Singsime way down there in twenty fourth. Man, I don't know what happened. I know there was a lot of rain and 
with the streets, you really didn't have to go very far if you didn't want to. And then our international writer, who I have to say was the only international writer, <laughs> so therefore he wins international <laughs> writer title, Lance Pear. He was down in 29th place. And then, Jay, you were right behind him in 30th. And it was because of your shifter busted that you didn't get yeah. those last uh, last little bit. You missed two numbers? You, uh, yeah, two I missed letters? two letters. And then um, because I was so busy, like... And my mind was distracted by, by the bike breaking down. I didn't email them about what I wanted for the reward. Like, I didn't make a selection for the reward. Yeah. So I just, I didn't get any, um, you know, points deducted because yeah. of that. So. And then me in 34th spot, uh, Brian Gosney in 38th, which is really weird because he actually did the most miles. He got, he did 2,400 something miles or 2,100 miles. So this is obviously combined letter score and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it looks like on the... Weeks two and three, he missed probably all the letters. Yeah, yeah, like. but he blew the miles up. And then Chad Clink, of course, with his Ducati going out, he missed the two weeks. He gave us a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> but um, and then Brian, who was also did the first week and then was on vacation. So, but I still can't believe how many people I beat, even with my stupid <laughs> scores. And that was part of my strategy. I was trying to intentionally get super high scores so that nobody on creative writing could be. Uh, below me because I have I'm looking right now and getting you guys some rewards for supporting the show and being the uh, the kick butt writers that you are and unfortunately I'm only going to give them to people that uh, got higher than me <laughs> so <laughs> there's a couple people no I got to give one to Brian because he got uh, 20 2100 miles and it got me a 21 point bonus there in the end uh, and that's one of the only reasons we came in second place and we were only behind by three freaking points mm-hmm. so man i was super bummed but i am stoked that we're second it's the highest we finished last year everybody kind of wanted to give up after the challenge because we wrote our asses off and then came in third you mm. know and uh with all the township and boroughs that started popping up as a runaway the top three podcasts really had super high scores so we got a fighting chance and next year you might see somebody besides loud pipe and throttle on top of the uh on top of the trophy there yeah and also like all the parts came in for the tiger today so once that bike is going then if anything does happen we (laughs) will finally have an actual backup bike yeah so that that'll be good yeah paul for next year what do you hope to see on the mpc like what do you think what would you like to see changed or what do you what would you like to see happen like like for instance i think it'd be rad if they did a dirt bike section then we could all just go do it <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome we uh, get a couple bonus points that maybe some of the people uh wouldn't try getting on the harleys and stuff can you get a bonus point for like a track day or something that would be pretty <laughs> rad that would be I'm, i'll bring that up to the because uh, i know rich from loud pipes has been doing a ton of track days on his interceptor uh so well and that's pretty well all i do anymore like i barely ride on the street so you could be our shoe and could actually track get some, i yeah. could actually do this yeah you got a speedometer on that thing right or an odometer or yeah yeah it's taped over but i got it <laughs> <laughs> i could read it before and read it after but you're not going to do that many miles though yeah like still maybe the flash challenge could be like do a lap on a track whether it's like a parade lap or a track day lap like that would be pretty that'd be kind of cool or do a lap on a motocross track like <laughs> that'd be pretty Take spamble out to milestone oh dude uh yeah or, or glenn helen the trophy truck track would be fun oh you take the sporty on there and, and yeah the there's steeplechase coming up soon yeah 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 
Um, so yeah, what would you like to see, Paul? Uh, maybe them add, or do you, did you think this year was like the most fair way out of you know the last three years that we've participated? Um, yeah, I think so. It, it was the the town names was was getting rough. Uh, I like the street names. Um, I I don't know. I was listening to to uh, Natalie and and those guys talking about the you know when they were doing the recap and. Um, I'm not sure how to, how to mix it up. They're talking about opening it up to, um, to other people, non, non podcast groups to, to sign up. And then how's it uh, the motorcycle uh, podcasters challenge? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, may, I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, crazy about that, but, um, I'm sure whatever they come up with will, will still, you know, it'll still drive pretty good. Yeah. Um, the the point I, is to have fun and get people riding, yeah. and it definitely does. I mean, it's definitely a fun yeah. fun uh, reason yeah, to get out. And I think, I mean, just from more of a bystander, but I would focus less on trying to add a bunch of stuff and more on just like making sure everything is easier to understand, mm-hmm. easier to submit your miles, like <laughs> easier to like kind of keep it fair yeah. and organized. Because Definitely easier to understand because I, I Natalie actually had to call me one time to, to oh explain one God. of the rules to me. That was my biggest <laughs> yeah. complaint, Ashley and I. Like and every I, week, we're like these rules and the way that they have it written. It's just so. It was like reading a legal document. And I wonder, like, if you were just like, "Hey, take a picture of your odometer and send it to us." Like, are people that like? What do you actually get? Are people going to cheat? <laughs> like you never know, but if you, that's what I'm saying. It has a timestamp. They ask for the metadata and it's yeah. so that they can make sure that you're, it's that date, you know? So it's interesting. Yeah, I would just say, write the legal document. Like someone with the fourth, fourth grade education can understand. Yeah. There was a lot of <laughs> yeah. stuff this year. Um, we're coming up on an hour, Paul, your ears are probably bleeding and, uh, <laughs> we got a, uh, couple ad spots coming up here. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Buddy, we're going to let you go. We don't have time to BS tonight, but uh, we'll yak at you later. How's that? All right. It's been fun, man. Peace and grease. All right. Peace. Bye. Hey, this is the Beast Man coming at you from GSXR 600 FM, The Squid. We've got creative riding coming at you at the top of the hour, but first, the traffic. We have a yellow SV650 down on the 405 and a high-speed police chase being led by an RC51 over in Glendale. Chopper Dave says the bike looks pretty cherry from his vantage point, but may not be so sharp from up close. Anyway, here's an oldie from Tilford Sellers featuring a little-known steel guitar player named MotoGP. When the bright light of the city Oh, 
Hello. Oh, that's me. I can hear myself. Hi, folks. We have no idea what we're doing here. So <laughs> I just turned up the whole bottom row. <laughs> Turdman went in to get a snack, and he's making it. He spent so much time explaining. He's churning the butter like, right now. Checking <laughs> checking whether we were going to run out of time on the commercial that he could have probably been back. Yeah, and he's but like, we okay. should just dance for you guys. Actually, but then I was like, but they won't be able to hear it. Sure. That's what's funny is... The time he spent, like, debating whether he had enough time, he just walked in. It would have been perfect. Hey, it's good to see you've been drinking it, though. It's good stuff. What is that? That looks like cat piss. It's mead that I made, like, five or six years ago. It is so good. Yeah. I'm glad you guys found the knobs without me. Uh, I just turned up the whole bottom row. I think it's the right knobs. I don't know. We were just fiddling with a bunch of it. The oldest form of alcohol. It's not that strong, but it will sneak up on you, though. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's super good. Just say honey wine. Oh, it tastes like apple juice, kind of. Yeah. That's smooth. That's smoother than I thought it was. Yeah, it takes like six months to make. And then it just keeps getting better, too. It's really good. I brought him a bottle, but we just finished it. You use honey to make it, or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's nice. I tried to store it someplace cool, and I totally forgot I had it up there until... Like I don't know if it really matters with it though. No, it doesn't. I, it gets better with age. I think. That yeah, is really good. I had some that was stored cool, and then some that wasn't. And I could tell the stuff that wasn't like it was better. Yeah. Almost. Uh, you know, they used to bury it in the ground. Um, mm-hmm. My buddy that taught me how to brew. This is like years and years ago. I used to know how to brew beer. Everyone, um, I've done it. Well, when I did this, I was brewing beer. Yeah. The guy that taught me how to brew was a master brewer, and he. Um, made some mead and he had buried it in Arizona because he was talking about the soil temps and blah, blah, blah. And he buried it for like years over there. And he's like, you know, the longer it sits, it ferments. That, like that's how these, in the middle ages, they would bury it and they'd unbury it in the spring and drink it. So it's called mead? That's yeah. the, I've never heard of it's, that. It's an alcohol that's made primarily from like honey or fruits or whatever you had around. So yeah. you didn't have to put, it's not like beer where you had yeast that mm-hmm. breaks down the sugar alcohols. So it's basically like pruno. Uh, it still has yeast, though. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's the oh, bougie the, version of Pruno prison prison yeah, wine, kind of. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's like 
I use brewer's ye- or uh, bread yeast, not brewer's yeast, bread yeast, and um, honey. Oh, so you do put some yeast in it? Yeah, yeah, and some orange peels, yeah. and some cloves, and some cinnamon. It's super and, smooth. That's great. And do you, ha- yeah, do you have to do really it in good. an airtight container? Because like, that's what the thing with beer, you have to make, make sure it's in the carboy and no yeah, air Yeah, but the carboy is not airtight. Well, I take that back. Carboy has like a little valve because yeah. it, it creates pressure that has to release. Yeah, and if it, sucks, um, if it sucks air in, your beer goes sour. I know that from... Yeah, a couple couple bad batches. It uh, yeah, it was just a smaller and a smaller carboy. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. I don't. I, I don't still really got like know. a half a gallon of this. I want to make some more. Like sure. it's one of my favorite. It's good to make. It's yeah. good. You know, the, the yeah. best the best beer I ever made was the very first beer he showed me how to make. Pure honey, because the more sugar in it, I've never more... made beer with honey. Dude, we pardon me. We used um six pounds of honey and like a little bit of malt extract. That's a lot of honey. Yeah. And and it was yeah. like fifteen percent. Wow! Uh, because the more sugar, what what happens is yeast breaks down the sugar into alcohols. Yeah, and so the more sugar to b- turn into alcohol, the more alcoholic it is, and then it ages off. You know, you lose a little bit when it ages, but sometimes you don't. You don't. You don't want like a thirty percent beer that'll kick your ass and. You you won't know what it tastes like because you'll be drunk before <laughs> it goes down your throat. But um, so a little bit of it aged up, but it was still like twelve percent or something. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty rad, and it was so damn good, um, so tasty. And this yeah. mead really is too. I know you you like throw fruit and stuff in it to flavor it. Yeah, so this can... one was just the Joe's ancient orange recipe, which is like the most basic one you can do, but mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. And I've still got a lot of the stuff. I should make another batch of mead. They were like. The best way to make meat is make it, put it in your closet, and forget about it. Yep. Because mm-hmm. it literally takes like six months yeah. to to just start. And then it still gets better with age. But yeah, yeah, it's like six months because beer is like two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on what you make, it could be pretty quick. Or, you know, the, the longest stuff I ever made was uh, – took a month because it was darker and it took a while the yeast we used took a while to kick. But yeah, month tops where, yeah, the meat is like – that's why he used to bury it, I guess, because it – just t- tastes better the longer you let it sit. Yeah, and you just forget about it, and it's yeah. it's better that way. Wake up, uh, kind of like having a kid. Nine months later, your life has changed. <laughs> With mead, it's sometimes for the better. <laughs> uh, so, hey guys, this week uh, I wanted to talk about. You know what I didn't do for this week's show is put outro music, but that means that this is an open-ended segment. Then, guys, should we go for three or four hours? <laughs> uh, I did want to talk about some racing, and thanks, Paul, again for hanging out, uh, talking tires with us. The most boring thing: what tires and oil that people talk about about motorcycles. But um, thanks for talking tires with us, and Jay. Fourteen thousand miles on that thing. It's pretty good. I hope you still have those Pirellis you because know, you can I, probably still I use do. them. I do. I kept yeah. them. I actually because I, when I got the tires, they look good. Those are the your first track time. tires ready to go. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. When I went to the to Del Lamo, I was like, "Hey, you guys, I want to keep the Pirellis." Yep. But when I went to pick up the bike, they had forgotten to tell the technician, so they had just put it in their their pile. Yeah. So I actually it was closing time, but I was actually no, I want those. Tires. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to go back and dig in, and Ashley was just shaking her head the whole time. Dude, I Ash was like, is, no, Ash it's, it's, nuts, a, it's a dude. backup, you know. Those are, backup. Yeah, exactly, exactly. She's she's much more like. uh What's the word? Like extra careful about mm-hmm. those things. Where I was like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> well, you know, and they do have stuff because there are places in this country and in the world. Well, in other parts of the world, people will ride on damn near wood and yeah. they'll wrap animal furs around the, the wheel just to get mm-hmm. from place to place. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second, I guess. But um, there is stuff that you can spray on your tires to keep them 
uh, kind of going. And they, we used it on car tires a lot. You know, you kind of would try to get a few extra uh, track days out of your race tire. And so over the winter time, some of the guys would treat their tires with the stuff so they didn't harden. Mm-hmm. And they make it, you know, you can squirt it on road tires. Yeah, the Pirelli still have, like, I'd say they have about... 60% life left. Dude, so. look at that tread wear indicator. And as long as they're not squared off and as long as they're not super hard to the touch, yeah. you can't always tell by pressing it either. But I mean, obviously, if it's like the tires on my KZ outside, they're the original tires from 1983. <laughs> and those things are as hard, like you could throw one of Wiggins's knives and it would just chip it right in half. <laughs> like those things are as hard as t- uh, wood, but, um, and they're shiny. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they, you could tell they're very old and, and I would not even try to pretend. And yeah. to ride it around the block on those, You'd, it'd be like riding on. They'd a, explode when you go out yeah. down the driveway. <laughs> it would be literally like riding on wooden or plastic tires, where you just turn it a little bit and it's out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. So if as long as they're not like that, I mean, it's it's crazy how long tires will last. Um, this week there's some racing stuff coming up, and uh, I did want to mention um, Roger Hayden is uh, making a return to flat tracking this weekend and tomorrow. As a matter of fact, they'll be uh, racing AFT at the Red Mile, and since Sacramento got canceled, the Red Mile down there in Kentucky and uh, Sacramento and Springfield. Yeah, 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 I know. What the heck? What the heck? Uh, weather. Um, so you know the two major two. Ma- Milestone miles is that? Can I say that? Does that sound stupid? Uh, they're the major main points of the season, and and it's where Brian Smith <laughs> usually makes his debut. And I don't know if he sat half the season out. Now he's probably uh, lost all chance to win the championship because he's a mile man, and his first two opportunities got rained out. So anyway, Roger Hayden's going to be returning to the Red Mile uh, near his hometown in Kentucky. And he's sitting in for J.D. Beach, who is obligated to run the Moto America uh, race at Road America, which, by the way, contact the doghouse, uh, NTN radio, or whatever their um, email is. I still didn't look it up during any of these breaks. <laughs> but go to the doghouse radio on uh, in your podcast, Apper, or on Facebook, and you'll find them and check them out. You could have a chance to go see J.D. Beach. Um, and, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Roger Hayden... And I know we have a lot of Milwaukee area listeners besides just Narissa, so that's local for you guys. Yeah. Jason Gohmeyer has had tickets since January, he said. Oh, so he doesn't care about winning them. He He's like, I already got some. And last year, uh, Road America, is that at Elkhart? Yeah. Yeah. I want to ride that track. It looks like yeah. so much fun. So they all ride down there. Uh, the last two years they rode down there, um, and they sent me uh, – Singsheim actually sent me some uh, – picks he rode down there during between rainstorms so i mean it's not like it's this is the first year it's been raining crazy but last year he rode down there between rainstorms and then uh got a cool place in the pits and then it just started coming down not in the pits like off of some weird little covered area like uh near the pits and it just started coming down like insanely and then dried up and then they were out there just hauling ass like it wasn't even wet. And I was like, dude, those guys have balls. And uh, so, yeah, they usually do a group ride up there. And you're right. they um, Even when it's wet, man, the rain tires are crazy. They're yeah. super soft and they um, – Groovy. They're also grooved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're super soft and they would like basically overheat. But the track's wet and the water keeps them cool. Yep. Mm. So it's – it's kind of like a water cool tire. Yeah, and then once it dries out, those guys go to the back because Oh yeah, they got to switch right away. Those mm-hmm. things just they're terrible. No, they don't last. They're yeah. literally like like literally I've I've ridden them. They're P2 
people use them for flat track tires. Actually, the Super Prestigio, that's what they all run. They run 17s mm-hmm. in Spain. I think all the Spanish guys run 17s. Um, so, yeah, they're just rain tires yeah. on the 17s. And they look cra- – like some of the grooves on those things look pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's happening. And check it out. So we got Red Mile and we got uh, uh, Road America happening the same weekend. So it's pretty cool. And I know that there's a lot of – we always thought it would be great to cut the cord on cable, didn't we? But now, and, and every single thing, when you're paying for 95 subscriptions like Jay's MotoGP, then you <laughs> pay your subscription to uh, Moto America, and then you pay your subscription to this and that. Now it costs like 70 times as much as it did to have a cable mm-hmm. package. Um, and now I kind of I kind of think we're missing out because I don't watch Moto America, but I think I might subscribe. Uh, Jay, you come over here. We'll watch MotoGP on your password, <laughs> and then we'll watch Moto America on mine. And Fans Choice, sounds we, good to me. We can still watch for free at this point. So yeah, we should we should do this. Um, also, this week, uh, the Isle of Man began. Uh, it typically begins on the last Saturday. Well, second to the last Saturday of May, I guess. Uh, but what happened this year was it got rained out. Mm. Dude, this rain has been mm-hmm. ruining everyone's yep. uh, globally's uh, racing. So uh, Saturday's qualifying was canceled, and I think they, s- I think I read somewhere um, that it was the first ever cancellation of Saturday opening Saturday's race because it's like it's never been rainy in May apparently on the aisle and they don't ride in the rain there because here's the deal they they do they'll ride when it's wet but the conditions were so bad there's fog and so they can't you can't see the corners yeah low clouds and and severe severe rain they won't ride in so if it's just wet they'll totally ride in it but um there was low cloud the low visibility they couldn't even see the end of the straightaways and so if you didn't know the course which is a bummer because that's also the day that the newcomers have to do their siding lap and you have to do uh, a siding lap as a new rider you have to do a certain number of laps you have to i think you first have to do the manx gp which is like in August and it's like another two week thing, but it's like where all the vintage and the new beginning people do their, uh, first races and kind of get used to it and decide they want to go to the actual, it's kind of like going from like moto two to GP. And so when, if you're doing the, the TT, um, you have to have done a few laps and got certified there. And then you have to do a newcomer's lap, like a siding lap. And unfortunately it got rained out Saturday and they usually do it every other day. So they'll do it Saturday Skip Sunday, do it Monday. Skip Tuesday, do it Wednesday. Skip Thursday, do it Friday. Well, Saturday, Monday, and Wednesday qualifying all got canceled because it was the same thing, just pouring or super low visibility and you couldn't see because of fog. Um, And so they pushed Saturday's opening uh, qualifying to Sunday. And they it was a little bit misty and stuff, but they they actually were able to replace it and – uh, for the, I think it was the, um, for that one, it was like the senior, senior guys. So we had Dean Harrison, uh, setting a 126 lap time on his, uh, ZX6R and Michael Dunlop and Connor Cummings, uh, setting 123s, um, on their bikes. And then in the lightweight class, which is twins up to 650. So your, uh, your, uh, banana mm-hmm. actually qualifies. And actually it's a very popular for the lightweight class. Nice. Um, the this guy named Coward, I don't, uh, maybe it's probably Coward or Coward, and saying Coward they're going to punch me. <laughs> but he pulled a one nineteen, and uh, Dunlop 
followed with a 118, and the guy named Paul Jordan rounded out the top three with the 117. So those lap times right there kind of tell you that uh, it probably was a little bit wet because 126, the fastest lap is 135. That's average, that's average speed. So they're doing 200-plus on the long straights, and they go down into these corners where it's like 20-mile-an-hour hairpins. Mm. So your average lap speed, the, they set uh, – I think it was um, Harrison and goddamn, what's the guy's name? <laughs> I did this a couple weeks ago too. I couldn't remember uh, the guy's names, but they set the fastest times last year. They broke Dunlop and Hutchinson's one thirty fours, and they hit like one thirty five something. So that's crazy. That's like two hundred and I don't know eleven miles an hour on some of the straights. Yeah, you know what I mean? Nice. Like it's nuts. And so these low lap times of like twenty one twenty sixes, that's almost. Uh, 10 miles an hour off the pace. So I think they were still wet. And so then uh, Monday got canceled due to the weather, and they came back on Tuesday. Harrison setting some more super fast times, doing some 129s on his super stock and his super bike. Dunlop ended up with a 124 on the super stock and 126 on the super bike. And then Hutchinson, who had set, like with Dunlop previously set the fastest lap, um, he had an incident at 11 mile marker no in, no injuries or nothing like that i think he had a uh malfunction or something so he didn't place but his teammate johnson said a 126 so they're picking up a little bit there and they're saying as the conditions improve it's more likely that they're going to get um get a little faster and do it a little bit better but i just read today uh that there's no thursday practice either and they're doubtful whether friday is gonna happen wow. because of this weather so this the whole weather so this weather's like a global phenomenon. yeah I, absolutely and they're you know they're kind of like right across from us uh i know you flat earthers won't agree but on a globe <laughs> they're like pretty much uh equal with us latitude wise so it's just like something happening at this latitude is screwing everybody up and, uh, I mean, this is the first time I've ever ridden in rain in the Motorcycle Podcaster Challenge. It's usually like 120 yeah, degrees. Th- that's what I'm saying. Like in May, today was a beautiful day. Oh, today but was nice. It's just like this the last rain couple is, days is crazy. And it was actually chilly. We usually uh, take our heated blanket off in December. And I was like, put it back on mm-hmm. last week because it was chilly. Today's the first day I came outside in the morning without a jacket on. Mm. And it's like. Because it's been that cold, so yeah, whatever whatever's hitting us here is hitting people even over there. And uh, the big deal I wanted to talk about, since we had a sidecar racer on last week's show, was uh, these new brothers Ryan and Callum Crow came out for their uh, sidecar lap. They're newcomers to the sidecar game. They set a lap time of one hundred nine point seven six. Uh, their first time ever on the course. And that was only two seconds off the really exper- uh, two miles an hour off the really experienced leaders who are running like 111s. So it's pretty exciting to see two brothers come out first time ever on the course, and they're just, you know, I don't know how many seconds that is, but just a couple miles an hour behind the top three guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the one number one, two, and three. So it's pretty cool to see that sort of crap happening in racing and uh, sidecars, all that fun wigwag that happens. I don't know. It's kind of cool. You got any cool racing or anything crazy happening coming up? Not for a little bit. June 9th, I think we're doing another return to Del Mar with Hooligan Dirt Dash. Yeah, yeah. And then um, June 20th is the X Games qualifier at City of Industry. 
Booyah. That should be broadcast. That'll be on ESPN, actually, I think. so. Yeah, and if it's not, excuse me, if it's not, you can go to their live stream. And uh, City of Industry does a pretty sweet live stream. I tried last night to watch Speedway. I think you have to subscribe now. It oh, used to be no. free. I know. That's lame. They're going the way of fans choice. Like, you know, you have to have a password. Fans, yeah. For yeah. Choice now. I don't know. I, you know, you said Moto America, you have to pay. I'm surprised. They used to be free on YouTube. Well, the- and here's the thing. Like people pay for Moto GP because it's not fucking dead. Moto America is all but dead. It's on its like no, it's no, it's, barely it's, it's breathing. Ma- it's coming up. It's actually making a return. Yeah, from from dead, it's easy to come up. So <laughs> That's it true. should just be fucking free for now. Like, uh, but then they don't make any money to put on the races. <laughs> oh, the irony! Uh, uh, what you say makes so much sense, but it doesn't for them. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know what it costs compared to MotoGP either. Yeah. But. I was super stoked because last year on BN Sports uh, YouTube, it was live and you could watch all the qualifying. And it was just like how Fans Choice and Flat Track used to be before they got their TV deals. And now you can only see like the semis and some of the heats on Fans Choice. Where before you used to be able to watch, you know, rewatch everything, and now they don't show the mains because of the TV deals. So I don't know. Uh, some stuff happens, and you get popular, and you get cool deals, and it kind of takes away some of the other stuff that you used to be able to offer for for cheap. Hey, dog, what are you you doing yoga down there? My dog's <laughs> doing yoga. We went down to San Diego, and dude, there was coyotes everywhere. There was like a bunch of wild animals out because of the rain. And unfortunately, my dog picked up a nasty case of fleas. Uh, she was run- There was so much vegetation because of all this rain mm. that she was just cruising around. They kind of live like in a, a little bit rural part. And she was, she was running all over, chasing bunnies and raccoons and all sorts of stuff. And she came back with fleas. And we just put some medicine on her the other day. And I have already noticed that they're like almost all gone, but they still bitter. So she's still itchy as all mm. get out. So she's doing her dog yoga over there in the corner. Um, Something I wanted to talk about. Now that the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge is over and I don't have anything I can, uh, anything I really am stressing out about as far as the year and planning goes, we are going to have a, a call in show. Actually, we're going to do a, a crossover show with the guys from Nokomoto in a few weeks. Um, so we're going to have to figure that out. But uh, I actually might have some spare time to rebuild Spamela, which she needs terribly. And then I turned you down, Wiggs, because she's kicking your mic over there. She's like doing, she's like Bruce Lee on that thing. So <laughs> let me know when you want to say something. Raise your hand, I'll turn you up. But uh, I noticed that, you know, Jay, you're coming along, well, not only with the banana, but you're coming. summer's going to be just motorcycle yeah. maintenance till the end of the year because I really want to get the Harley out of the garage. So I'm going to just put it back together because it's been sitting because I took it apart to check the internals and I didn't find anything. So I'm just going to get it back together and see if I can get it to run. And if I can get it to run, then figure out how I can get rid of it. And then I got all the parts for the Tiger. They finally came in today. So I have to work early tomorrow, but I'm like... I'm going to wind up in the garage tonight. I know oh, it. It sucks getting I know, parts and then me, having to go to work. She texted me a picture. She's like, oh, I came in. And I was like, I know. I was like, I, I was planning on going to bed early tonight, but I don't think I can resist the urge because I just want to get it buttoned back up because yeah. every day that I don't ride is just 
Yeah. Yeah, just I, I can't handle. I'm that person too where it's hard to be at work and all you're thinking of is like bolting that part on or yeah. like oh this week has been extra pair. rough because with the tiger parts coming in and then plus on top of it with the banana stuff just uh waiting for those parts to get shipped so and hoping that there was no, no serious damage done in the transmission. I'm yeah. just fingers crossed. We didn't really talk about it much. We said, we mentioned it during the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge that your tranny went out and that you didn't get the last couple no- letters. But uh, I like to say numbers. You didn't get the number Z. <laughs> and, uh, no, you didn't get the last couple letters. But we didn't really say why. And it's because your banana quit shifting. Well, yeah, the the... It was so. What happened was, I was on the freeway. Like I said, it was pouring down rain. And then I got off on the exit, and I went to turn into a side street and like a commercial uh, business area. And then I was like starting to shift up into the next gear because I had turned, made a left turn. So I went to go into second, and I pulled back the throttle, and it's revving, but it wasn't moving. And yeah. I was like, oh, craps. But the lever, the, the clutch lever didn't feel loose. Yeah. Like, you know, like the clutch went out. And so then I shifted back down and tried it in first. It's still nothing. And I shifted back up to second. Still nothing. So I told Ashley, I was like, uh, something's going on with my bike. <laughs> so we pulled over and I, the, the weird thing is like when I would put it into gear and when I would let off of the clutch, it didn't stall out. So, right. yeah, so I was like, something, I couldn't figure out on the side of the road what the issue was. But when I took it home, I took off, the first thing I did is I checked the clutch on the clutch side, and everything in the clutch looked fine, nothing, no metal bits. I drained the oil, no metal bits. Uh, the, <laughs> After the Harley, you yeah, love looking for those metal bits. Yeah, the, the, the gear behind the clutch looked fine, and so I was like, okay. And then I went to pull off uh, the cover where the the um, the front sprocket is, and then I noticed <laughs> the drive shaft engine sprocket nut was like just barely holding on by like yeah. two or three threads. And to go back a little bit, you had you called me, and I got that call at like nine o'clock at night, and I see it's Jay's number. And of course, I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> and it's it was raining where I was, so I figured it was probably raining where you were. And I'm thinking, man, what the heck could, uh, I hope everything's okay because I'm in San Diego and I'm not going to be able to like go pick you up if you needed help. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, Ash is probably with her. So all this stuff's going through my mind and then I pick up the phone and you're like, hey, this is happening. <laughs> and all I could think of was, dude, it sounds like your sprocket has come off the uh, shaft, but I was like, what would have to happen for that? Because on, on mine, there's like two bolts holding it to the shaft on on yours i knew there was just a nut and so mm-hmm. i was like wow it sounds like you stripped like something stripped because if you're in gear it should be spinning that sprocket and the mm-hmm. only way it sh- wouldn't spin is if it was stripped mm-hmm. and the wheel is holding the chain still but this sh- right. the gear is spinning and then you're like yeah there's a noise and i was like oh great it sounds like it stripped I didn't think that the nut would have backed off because that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember because in the handbook, because I did a chain. I changed my chain about. Yeah, I didn't know that. uh, I guess I should have asked that. miles ago. And so when I changed the chain, I did both front and rear sprocket. And from the manual, I don't believe the manual said anything about Loctite. So I don't think I put Loctite on it. Um, and then I went to fold cause it has like a washer, like a foldable lock washer. And when I folded it, 
I couldn't get it to fold all the way down. So I, I don't know, uh, just the vibration backed it off or what, but I had torqued it up to spec, maybe like five pounds less than spec. Um, but the spec was, I think, 105 pounds, and I think I might have done it at 100 pounds. But that that really shouldn't make that much of a difference. What I think there is is there is also a rubber seal on the backside of your. Yeah, it was totally gone on something. the on the nut. The yeah, nut had yeah. like a, a rubber That's what it is. Silk. Yeah, and that kind of holds tension on there too, and that helps lock it. Yeah, and, that should be a lock nut then. Yeah, and yeah, so that was all gone. The but the the splines on the drive shaft were not stripped. Right. So that was uh, uh, thankfully the silver lining. That was good. Um, it was just the nut that got stripped, the inner threading, and then the lock washer. Some of the splines got damaged, and then also the. Um, the little, so it was spinning because it's it, yeah it was because on the, the you know the little uh, for the clutch actuator yeah I don't know what the part is but it holds the end ferrule part yeah. of the the clutch cable it had shaved off like almost the whole yeah. wall so it definitely had been spinning and that, I think that's what that noise was was it was just hitting that part of the clutch um, cable holder yeah it was it was slowly uh, but it doesn't look like it was like that for too long so i think the damage would have been much worse if it, it had happened been like so that. fast that i agree it was probably just you said you'd been getting false neutrals and what happens is that your nuts backing off and the dog gears don't don't it, they're not it doesn't but the, take i think very that much. might be separate because i had that issue when I first got the bike, so I don't know if that might uh, be something that's separate. False neutrals usually happen because of worn dog gears too, so they might just be worn. You yeah, know, like it it could happen. Uh, it's happening on Spamala between uh, first and second, and it's like a common. You know, that's a common kind yeah. of gear. But well, I mean, at least I know that on eBay I can get like a six hundred dollar motor if <laughs> yeah. if I need to. In that it case. is funny because they're not that much, but to take it all apart and you know you re- you really do you have to take it split the cases. And- yeah, from all the forms I was reading, everyone was just like, it's not worth it. Like your time, and then even replacing the parts. I mean, some of those gears are like two hundred bucks. Yeah. Just the OEM from Suzuki. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to uh, buy one. Yeah, not only more. that, but um, if you go to uh, back in the old, old days when the Motorcycles and Misfits was more Misfits than motorcycles, uh, Mike had Pumpkin, which is his orange SV, and he... Um, his, was, his was called Pumpkin? That's funny. Pumpkin, yeah, because it was orange and black. <laughs> That's funny. And he rebuilt that thing a couple times. Yeah. And he same sort of thing. Like he went, he knew that bike in and out. He could probably help you rebuild an SV with his eyes closed mm-hmm. now because he went through that bike a couple different times due to the fact that um, different things broke. And, and he he's like, dude, I'm just gonna fix. it. I'm gonna go into the cases. I'm gonna do this and that, and you know, tear it all apart. Even though I could probably buy a cheap eBay mm-hmm. motor, so he he did it the the crazy way. Um, well, if I do have to replace anything internally i'll i'll get the new replacement motor but then i'll definitely like scavenge for parts out of the old one because i mean even rebuild that for the track yeah yeah because when you blow your replacement motor on the track you have the back of one to throw in (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah or just rebuild it for learning how to do it yeah yeah or or throw a turbo talk to no no nitrous nitrous and you can go from like 75 horse to 85 (laughs) yeah dude that thing will rip (laughs) just put two creative writing stickers on there what's the difference 10 10 hp and um yeah, so it's 
pretty cool. I would I would keep it just because then you'll oh, yeah you'll totally. you'll definitely know and then you could sell it and recoup the money that you bought for your other yeah or or put it back in and not do the DMV hassle because it is kind of a hassle to the numbers you have to make the numbers match on um what's it called when you go to register it again you're gonna have to make yeah yeah do yeah. like matching numbers and all that stuff I think Wiggins was talking about that and that's something I totally didn't even think about you're just supposed to have like a bill of sale for the one motor and then you just go to the DMV and say hey I I had to buy a different motor for it and then they inspect it and then they do every, I mean, they do it for you. Yeah. I mean, I and think you have to take your title in cause they send a new title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause they're going to change the number on that. And luckily it's not a car or else you'd have to do smog and all that great stuff too. So yeah. Blah, oh, blah, another blah. random good news. The one of the two tickets that I had pending got, uh, is gone. It disappeared. Right. So. You had traffic court uh, Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. I went to court. Cop didn't show up. So I got that one dismissed. So <sighs> Was that the speeding ticket on the banana the first that day you had it? That was the one I got two days after buying the oh, banana. Oh, my goodness. And I told the officer, I was like, I legit did not know how fast I was going. I'm sure you, I told him, I was like, I'm sure you hear this all the time. But for real, I did not know. <laughs> like he pulls out a logbook. He's yeah. like, look, I write it no, down. He was chill. He was chill compared to the other guy. The other guy was not chill. So, so what happened with not chill guy? Uh, um, that one I have to go to the arraignment um, later in June. So we have a we have a criminal on our show. She's <laughs> getting arraigned in June. Everyone. Let's just hope that uh, the judge is fair because I have video evidence of what happened. So yeah. like, yeah. I, I was not, like, intentionally doing anything illegal. It was a maneuver that I made to prevent an accident. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I forget my, all my legalese. I'm not 100% sure what arraignment means, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be calling you from jail doing our own to make a murderer style well, the thing uh, that's podcast. Like that, that guy was such a jerk because he he said that I was going 90 miles per hour, and on the video, I'm not going 90 miles per hour. And were then, you doing 85? No. I mean, okay. No. I mean, because like any, I, anywhere I'm, close to it? I, well, I can't say how fast. I, okay. I was going I was going maybe 70, but mm. it's on video, so I was going 70. So technically, yes, sure. I was speeding because if By it's By five miles an hour? Right. Come on. But, your Speedo, who but knows on if it's the, right? If and, video, and most Speedos are off anyway. You just said you it changed is off. the sprocket. It is off because Ashley was on her bike, and I was like, let's see. And it was off by five miles per hour. Mm. So I legit, and I saw him, so I was not going to speed, so I'm not yeah. an idiot. And um, on top of that, when I gave him pushback to what he was saying, then he crossed out the number and he put max speed. So that's where you really that's where you like, went wrong. You gave you gave him lip. Yeah. Well, I'm. I know you're not the type of person. That's my problem. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I not the kind to back down. I just have the I shoot off my mouth, and it's gotten me into trouble before. I bet. And even though <laughs> I can't help it, I just it's. I think it's a genetic thing. My mom was like. Uh, yeah, she she's a, a little pocket rocket. So. Right, right. That's what I have in my pocket right now. <laughs> Get all your dildos at the uh, Adam and Eve superstore. No, I um I I know I know how it is. I was just telling my kids this <laughs> last week about how Daddy, when he was a young man, got um a ticket for skateboarding where he wasn't supposed to, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was hard. The guy the guy was going to give me a ticket for indecent exposure because my pants were oh a little God. too big and my underwear was barely sticking out. Nowadays, kids walk around with their... Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're still... I haven't seen that style for a while. No, but skinny it was it. Yeah. <laughs> for a while there, though, it was like if your pants weren't around your knees, your ass hanging. And exactly. so it was like a total BS thing. 
And so I had to explain to my kids how, like, you're not always wrong if someone gives you a ticket yeah. because, you know. Well, the thing is, is I wasn't trying to be disrespectful to him. Like I said, sir, yeah. I took off my helmet. I turned off there my bike. And like, I did all him, of those it's things. It's when you punched him that everything went south. No, the issue is what I said that I think he interpreted. And I think he what, thought that I flipped him uh, Jay, off. Jay, you said, yeah, that too. I'm pretty that, sure that could he be bad thinks news. that I thought I flipped him off. When you and in the video, the- you can tell I'm not flipping him off from my perspective. But from his perspective, it does look like I'm giving him the middle finger. And when you tell an officer, what is wrong, little dick, <laughs> you're going to get a ticket. You can't say stuff that like that. That's not to, what I said. Yeah. Prove it. You got video <laughs> of that? <laughs> No, I, but yeah, it's hard when you're, when you're, especially in this day and age, I, back in the old days, like I, I was like, I, uh, what I said to him was, I was like, are you having a bad day? Oh, and that's, but I, I didn't know you said that. Yeah. That's, that's what I said. I was like, are you having a bad day? Cause, and I told him, I was like, I'm trying to be very respectful oh, to you and I'm like asking you questions because shit. I want information. <laughs> Yo, so I, I got, was trying to explain myself, but it was just digging my grave deeper. It, it was, was not helping. You might as well said, are you having a bad day? Cause I got a joint in my saddlebag <laughs> that you can smoke if you are. But I wasn't, I didn't say it. Like I wasn't yelling at him or anything. Like, hey I little dick. Are you having a bad day? <laughs> you said trying it, to be very calm. Yeah. But, uh, that sounds nice, but the context of that is saying, hey, little dick, you're being a, a little dick jerk. Well, he was a dick. No, Jay, we're on. We're being recorded, <laughs> allegedly. Um, so, yeah, I hope you get out of that ticket. Don't call the judge little dick, uh, <laughs> or you're probably not going to get out of this room. But I hope we're not talking to you uh, when you have stripes on. And uh, <laughs> let us know how three hots in well, a Well, at the is. end of the day, I still qualify for traffic school. So if he does, if the judge... Does not rule in my favor. At least I still qualify. Judge that. Little Dick, please rule. In my favor. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna be like, can I please get? Uh, oh man, picking up trash on the side of the road. <laughs> I you know pref- you have to pay. They say that you can do community service, but you actually have to pay a fee to do community service. Listen, which is funny because they're like, if you can't afford to pay the ticket, then do community service. Which, by the way, you have to pay for. Yeah. Well, they got to make money somehow. They can't just let you off for free. Yeah, I mean, all those taxes we pay over check every fucking week sure yeah. isn't doing anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And fill in their quota, all of the tickets that they literally write every day. That's oh, not doing anything. Yeah, we got to pay for cops somehow. And it's so funny because they say that they don't have quotas, but I swear oh, to God, do. at the end of the month, especially when I leave my second job down by the marina, I just see all of the CHP come out in droves. Yeah. Always at the end of the month. Well, famously, about two years ago, the I forget what sheriffs it was fit with sheriff or city. I think it was city, um, and I forget where it was, Bellflower or something stupid somewhere here in L.A. Uh, they were doing baseball, and so like one ticket was like a single, two tickets was like a double, three. You know, they were they were literally doing it like baseball, and they got busted for it because somebody blew the whistle on them that hey they're doing their quotas like they're seeing how many home runs they can get. They're not seeing how. Who, what criminals they can catch, and they're not seeing what laws are not, you know, where they need to do community policing. They're trying to get the highest score uh, via their home runs, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, three, four tickets, I guess, would be a homer. So they were doing, they had quotas, yeah. and they do have no, quotas. No, I, I know someone who used to be a police officer, and he was like, yeah, it was just like an open secret that yeah. they did quotas, and he actually got in trouble because he was like more of a humanitarian type guy yeah. on the force. And he's like, I don't think that's fair. 
And, like, there was someone who he was supposed to write a ticket for, and they were, like, explaining the situation. And then his supervisor found out that that this guy didn't write the ticket, and then he ended up, like, getting written up for it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely – it's, it's yeah. shady. I know I used to have a professor. Uh, professor Handcuff was his name. <laughs> we'll just say to protect his identity. And he was like, you know, the guy who – my partner made lieutenant for writing – chicken shit tickets basically and he's like i didn't want to be a he's like when you know more than somebody but they make lieutenant because they write more tickets that's how policing works and so that's why he was a professor after he quit his law yeah. he was a law enforcement officer for quite a while and then he's like dude i just yeah when you know more about the things than you're actually officer your uh senior officers do like there's a problem there and they don't promote people for being smart. They promote them for yeah. writing it's just hard motorcyclist tickets. I get so frustrated and I, I have to like really start meditating when I'm writing because I see so much like dangerous things that happen on the road all the time. And especially when I got this last ticket, like I wasn't endangering anyone. There was nothing like I wasn't even endangering myself. I was actually trying to protect <laughs> myself. And like so I just get so like when I think about it, I just get in such a rage because I'm just like – these tickets that I've gotten were just stupid. Listen, you know? that'd be so rad if you went to court and you're like, here's the video. And then you're doing wheelies. You're like, wait, not that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, me- I'm like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> next one. It's, I think it's the next one. You're doing another wheelie and you're like flipping someone off. You're like, no, oops, so the next one. And you go through all of them until you get to the one. And he's like, okay, lady. Uh, and uh, so I hope you, I hope you uh, get out of that one for whatever reason. I think that probably it was... You weren't flipping them off. I hope that they see the circumstances for what they were. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. just put it that way. And if you do get put in jail, we won't bail you out. We don't and it's money. just so funny because literally the week before we were up in where the misfits are and we were having a conversation with the misfits and like about ways to get out of tickets. And the th- <laughs> two things they told me was to wear high vis vest and to wave at the cop. And yeah. I had both of them and oh I God. texted my friend and well, I was like, dude, it did not work for me. Yeah. Before helmet laws and all that great stuff. I mean, back that just helps the cops see you better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I you, know. I know. You can't hide. That's in I do like wave at them when they look at you, but yeah. yeah. I know that's there's been times where I may or may not have been speeding and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm just like so obvious right now because I have a bright yellow vest. <laughs> I waved at a dude coming at me. I didn't I, he was on a beamer, so I didn't know it was a cop. And then when he went by me, I was like, oh, crap, that was a cop. He didn't wave back. <laughs> I didn't not that I expected him to. But in my opinion, I think that then they're like, dude, what's that guy doing that he's trying to like be cool with me? I better go around and uh, Well, now I'm just going to do a full-handed wave instead of just like like the two fingers because But then they they think you're in trouble. You got there's this one where you lift one hand and you put the other hand here so they know this is I'm uh, this like is, th- like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can and you can make <laughs> like, a fist cuz you want to do the throttle sign. And yeah, that way they know I'm holding my arm right. and waving. This is look here. Here you go. So that's the wave you got to do. Okay. Um. And yeah, I I hope you get out of that ticket. And everybody who can't see what we're doing, I'll put diagrams up in the uh, on the website. How's that? Wigs. Something I want to talk to you about, dude. You've been uh, Jay's been getting all these parts for the Benene and for the Tiger and for the uh, Harley. Which, by the way, I took a bike apart a long time ago. No, I'm sorry. I took a car apart once and 
forgot to put it back together. Yeah, that's why I know. Because now yeah. I have three yeah. motorcycles that are in pieces in my garage, and I was like, I hope to God I remember when you're, how to put them all back. Yeah, when you're putting a metric part on the Harley, you'll be well, like, I, took oh, notes I have on that the problem banana, all the time. Yeah. But I didn't take that grade of notes on the Triumph. Yeah. And the, the Sportster I took apart like six months ago. Yeah. Really so you already forgot. You've already I misplaced did. some stuff. And I really took that one apart. Yeah. Like everything is off of it. Yep. I'd probably just put sell a new it. motor in that yeah. one too. Yeah. eBay. <laughs> you, you're working on something too, man. You I am. Got, I've been watching your Instagram post of that little thing. I have a thing. project and I'm actually making progress oh, on it. His it 19th bike, folks. <laughs> yeah. But in order of ownership, it's like my second. Nice, <laughs> nice. Actually, is it, this is a secret one that's just been sitting around for a while. Yeah, it's been like sitting in my buddy's shop, doing nothing, like up on a little rack. And I needed some parts for it. And I finally got a front end. And then I finally got a rear wheel. So I made it a roller. And then I was like, well, fuck now it doesn't need a lot yeah so i've been trying to bust ass i kind of wanted it done before born free but i don't think it's going to happen oh, because man. you said it's a 1200 yeah so it's a 04 1200 rubber mount sports so the first year of the rubber mount um i bought it a while ago and i was gonna do like a little church of choppers brat style bobber and i it's kind of what it looks like no it is it for sure it's got a or like frisco style like narrow bars i kind of want to lift the foot pegs up a little bit the left side's super easy the right side's not as much but um i might anyway just add like an inch to them so my knees are like in my elbows mm-hmm. um the bars are already like kind of narrow rad little bars um I'll put a frisco tank on it but my buddy had talked me into like cutting the subframe off and we were gonna redo the subframe because we're fucking idiots <laughs> so i like cut half of it off and was trying to do an oil bag different and all kinds of shit and then decided all that was a bad idea so i had a buddy like basically make a top half of the subframe and the bottom half stayed stock put a different oil bag in it that has no spot for a battery so now i gotta make a fucking battery <laughs> box um, but i'm gonna there's an the ignition i can get from uh Thunderheart, I think it is. And um, because I have a crank sensor instead of a cam sensor, so then I can wire it like a chopper. Like, um, I'm not going to have anything on the bars. Is I'll that put... one Canvas or no? No. Oh, nice. Not that. Not those. Yeah. But even with, with this ignition, even the cam bus ones, you can wire like a chopper. Because um, a friend of mine just did a Milwaukee 8, pulled the fuel injection off, put a carburetor on it. Holy crap. It actually made better power. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you don't have but everything. But you can tune the injection pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, that got rid of the fly-by-wire that's a pain in the ass. That's yeah. one thing Tony's having trouble with. Um, but, yeah, so he – and, you know, he wired it up with this ignition. So I just want – I'd like a high-low beam headlight, but it's not that big a deal. Um, and then I want a brake light taillight, uh, and that's it. No turn signals. Um you know, uh, the guy I'm going to have wire it, he's pretty cheap and he does it all the time. But why he's like, because you you're saying you didn't know where to put the high um, beam, low beam switch. Why don't you just put it on the back of the, the light itself? I oh, might, yeah, but it depends what light. I use for a headlight. Yeah, yeah. that might work. That cool. um, Dude, and also the, I don't know if it's Moto Gadget that makes them, but somebody makes like the switches for Moto Gadgets, they oh, literally yeah. bolt to the bars and they're so tiny. Yeah, that's Moto I'm not, I don't want any wires going up to the bars though. No, either. no, no. I think it goes into the, if you like 
drill through the bars. I mean, maybe you don't want to drill into the bars too. Not but. to the handlebars, but I guess I could somewhere else. Dude, but at the same time, the switches are so tiny they don't stick up like a combo switch. Well, and honestly, it like where I did it'd be a pain in the ass to drill again. But uh, where I did like the subframe would be cool because I wouldn't care about reaching under my leg yeah, to do it. Yeah. But um, I've seen people do it like under the underside of the tank too. Yeah, I've had my Dyna's got switches in the dash of the. It used to be in the battery box, actually, on that or on the uh, fuse side. It was where I had the starter and the high yeah. level for that. Yeah. But I just want it like super clean. I want to get rid of all the wires because it's it's got a Frisco tank on it. Yeah, it looks pretty. So cool. you see the backbone. So I don't want a big wiring harness running up there either. So I just have like two wires that might be able to go in through the frame. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it's pretty <clears> exciting <throat> to watch it come together. You're telling me, dude. It hasn't been a roller in, I think, six years. Yeah. <laughs> I like long project bikes. That Kawasaki, I know I'm not going to have that thing running for a couple of, I, I would have liked to have had it running, like, by this summer because I've already had it for, like, three years. Well, and people <laughs> forget, like, one, in California, like, we're all super tight for space. Yeah. And then, you know, for shit like that, I need a tubing bender. I need a welder, so I need 220. Um, I need – I don't really do wiring, so that kind of sucks. Um you know, and then you need if you're doing any of that. Like I can weld and fab stuff, but I need a chop saw. I need tubing. Um, you know, like that shit's tough. And you can get away without like a miter and stuff like that to do some of it. But if you're really good and patient, you can do everything by hand. But it takes so damn long. And yeah, and you kind of need you know if you you still need a way to bend the tubing and stuff like that. So I'm going to have uh, another friend of mine is going to help me with the seat hoop. Um, I don't want to see it like where the fender is. The, f- the fender and everything's mounted, although I might do another fender mount it the same way, but just make it longer. I think we cut it a little short, but we'll see when it's all done. Because um, it's kind of like a – I don't want it like even with the radius of the tire. I want it like up and kooky, kind of dirt bikey. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but when I put a little bit longer shocks on it, it, it helped. It, it made it look like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do a hey, little. props for putting a fender on it at all with, like, all the styles nowadays where nothing <laughs> has a friggin' fender. Yeah, and this is, like, again, that, like, Church of Choppers brat style. So it's, like, a little short fender with, like, a little dovetail in it mm-hmm. or ducktail in it. Like um, a, uh, sometimes they call those like a bob or like a. Well, the bobs just usually when you cut one off, so they're usually yeah. they just kind of follow the radius and they're cut off. Yeah. So this has like a little it's lip like a on it. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I just ended up. Um, I was gonna do like soft tails have them on the rear or a lot of the one of them that a lot of people like are the baggers. Some of the uh, like classics have the the like tail on the front fender. Those look really yeah. cool. Um, you just like instead of having it down low, you basically roll it up so it like kicks up like a little wing almost. But uh, I put a lowbrow fender on it because it's fucking brushed aluminum, so it looks badass, and I don't have to paint it. Just like trusty rusty, right? Uh, a little different, but yeah, yeah. Um, actually, if anyone's ever seen the trusty rusty with the ice fenders, it's the exact same fender. Um, well, not exact same. It's the same one from lowbrow. The ice ones are still set up for ice. I didn't yeah. hack up one of those. Um, Saddleman's going to do me a custom seat. So it'll be like a little solo seat with like a kind of a high back. Um, like not like chopper high back, but just like into no, my lower but back. Hold, yeah, hold you. So, hold you there. Yeah. So again, like if uh, 
if you look up like brat style bobber, like some of uh, Go Takamimi's old Japanese when he was still in Japan, those old bobbers. Yeah, a lot of tr- I love those. Yeah, dude. They there's this cool. the the one biggest one that I really like. I don't even think it's one of his. I don't know whose it is. Um, there's a little triumph that this Japanese dude's on, and I'm just like, I don't really like the triumph that much, but the way he sits on it and the way the seat is and the fender and the tank and the little bars and shit. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. Um, same with Jeff, Jeff, Wright, Like church of choppers, like a lot of his style, um, you know, is kind of in it. Yeah. I don't really so. dig chops, but I dig like the brat style cause it's, they're <laughs> yeah. not like so extreme style. noise has made some really cool little. Brat yeah. Styles, yeah. So. I like, uh, Scott's very into the Japanese style yeah. bobber stuff. So I, I definitely like that. Um, Frisco's a big like San Francisco. It's a lot of that style chopper too. Yeah. Um, I kept it a swing arm bike one cause I ride. Um, yeah. not that I wouldn't like a hardtail. It could be cool, but fuck dude, mm-hmm. you, especially out in some of these roads, like oh, it's man. rough, but dude, especially with the rain that we've had. Like, well, and one of the reasons, up. yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to keep it a swing arm bike was I felt like it's harder to make a swing arm bike look good. Like mm-hmm. it's so easy to weld on a hardtail kit and it looks good. Yeah. Like I'm not going to deny it. They look fucking good, but I was like, that to me was the easy route. Um, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to keep it a swing arm bike. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Like there's a, I like, I like stuff that has function over like fashion a lot of times. Yeah. And sometimes that's why a lot of times you see these mad max bikes that people cobble together and everything on it does something though. And you're like, that's actually cool. It's not just like, it's like Dane's bike. That's how it's like. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not just something that somebody did for to look a certain yeah. way. Like it actually works too. You and know? a lot of it was like parts that I had, like I found this taillight that I bought for it and I have a matching headlight. If, uh, if I still have it when I go pick my stuff up for Vincent Hines. Um, <laughs> when does that happen? You know, we haven't said anything on the show. I don't know if people know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer employed at Vincent Hines. <laughs> yeah. It's been like a month. But, yeah. Um, so when you go get your box of goodies. Yeah. Hopefully it's got put in there. Yeah. Because um, I, I just like pulled shit off my desk and was like, whatever. Hey, does our sale work there still? Yeah. I, he That little sucker got a Grom, I noticed. No, he didn't. Okay. It's a V&H Grom he's been riding. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, because I saw two, there's two Groms in my neighborhood. I've been hearing them. And I was like, dude, that's like a 300 or something like that. Turns out it's two little Groms that have been, I saw them both, yeah. they're like lime green, and they're, huh. they're both matching, and they nice. were in here. So I was like, wow. Uh, so, uh, you, the reason I asked, you should take that fucking thing when you... Uh, <laughs> Just put it in my truck too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm picking up that. So yeah, it's it's a work in progress, but it's definitely getting there and the end is in sight and I got some friends that are like super pumped on it that that's what they do for a living is yeah. work on bikes. So they're like, dude, bring it in, we'll help you with it. So uh, ride it over here once you get Oh no, when it's done it'll it'll get ridden for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know, I'm excited. And so I'm really excited that actually this summer might actually get to work on some bike stuff and and of my own. Finally rebuild Spamla. She's needed that piston's the same piston probably since night for nineteen eighty. I'm sure the rings have been changed, but that's probably yeah. it. It'll and, be like my first finished real project, I think, rad. besides the race bike. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, like I, everything else has never been that big of a project Rad. that's actually gotten finished. And then, so. uh, well, maybe we'll do a creative writing show. You should actually take it down to. We should do a, a group ride down to um, the the guy that I talked to from Lion. What's it called? Uh, they do it uh, the OC Vintage Bike Nights. I know it's not vintage, but it still looks really cool. Oh, I remember that used to be right down the hill from my house. I never took the CBX down to it, yeah. but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be, like, I'll ride it a decent amount. It'll be simple. I've been calling it the push-button chopper because I'm not, like, the motor's totally going to be stock. Yeah. Um, it'll just run a small battery. I kind of want to put a speed cell just because I... You're familiar with them and they work great. Yeah, but um, on eBay, there's a battery box for anti-gravity for, like, 65 bucks, and I'm like, ooh, I don't have to make a box. So, I don't know. Uh, when it goes to my buddy's shop to get the seat hoop put on it, um, and I'm just doing, like, a little hoop to like bolt the seat to so that'll take the weight because the fender won't yeah and then i can put two little tabs on it to bolt and unbolt like often make a sissy bar but that's pretty easy yeah and i just want a sissy bar to throw a backpack on yeah like i don't really want to ride with that's why i want it to unbolt you miss the sissy bar you miss the sissy bar no, i mean you, you I, throw I've a lot of stuff yeah the you got panniers i've put more stuff on the banana yeah. than i ever thought i would <laughs> but i don't when i got the banana i was like oh you know i missed yeah. the harley because i still have a sissy bar i've actually transported more yeah. stuff on the suzuki huh? but I, I don't i don't have fender struts to mount anything to right so it's cut off right behind the shock mount. yeah i got a sissy bar for paul's vfr and for spamla i'm gonna put them both on next week uh, that's our show for this week. Everybody, we're actually going to get out of here. Oh, shit, we got to get back. We haven't been recording this whole time. <laughs> uh, we wrapped up. Yeah. Nice. I know, it is nice. We should do this more often, folks. Um, we'll catch you next week, guys, everyone, guys and gals alike, and any human, alien, whatever you are, Sasquatch, whoever listens to the show, please tell a friend about it and uh, leave us a review in iTunes. Write us at friggin' Ask Wigs, would you? And check out Flying Banana and Field Initiative knives on the insta grizzles and check us out creative-writing.com for all your needs even though we probably won't satisfy any of those needs <laughs> and uh until then eat a roughy sandwich an orange roughy sandwich all right peace out